Savvy Savs Podcast. This is episode 121, 50K celebration. So Savvy Savs Podcast just reached 50K. Let's chat. And we can also talk about news stories that we covered tonight as well. Um, again, I, I'm i still trying to get that last call in uploaded. So I don't know. <laughs> I hope responding to ticket requests still. I don't know for sure, but I guess I'll find out um, if they respond to that email. But I will go ahead and bring in, it looks like Ashura. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on, Ashura? I should, have, I should, have, I should be asking you that. Uh, congratulations on 50K. I was hoping it would happen in December. But I guess uh, you, you, YouTube has been giving you much love or maybe a little bit more subs. Why do you mean? In, what's happening in December? What I miss? I said you were going to reach 50K in December. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys check. Um, there's this site called Social Blade, and um, it's it's not just YouTube channels, but you go into Social Blade and you can check to see how people are going to grow, whether it's YouTube or I think Twitter's another one. I think Facebook might be one on there, too. I forget. No, Twitch, I think, is on there. Anyway. Yeah, if you enter any anyone's YouTube channel, if you enter them, you'll get to see all this analytics about their YouTube channel, more so on there than what I can see in YouTube Studio. And on uh, Social Blade, it said that I wouldn't hit 50K until that last week of September going into October. So this is actually earlier than their predictions. And that site has been pretty spot on when it comes to my channel, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping that Cornell was going to come in today, so uh, apparently he had the reschedule for next week. I thought maybe he could do it next day, but... Uh, really- Cornell is coming on my show next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't scheduled for me today. Are you, oh, wait, are you talking about RBN? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he did have to reschedule for that. Yeah, because I, I was hoping he would maybe come the next day, but no, if he he's coming next week. So, um, about Where the, in the chat says uh, Cornell coming on Monday to RBN, according to where a pilgrim. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, I said next week. I'm just saying he's saying yeah, people are saying uh, Monday for RBN. So I guess it'll be Monday RBN, Tuesday Sabby. There you go. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention about the, the 50K was that there was a video, um, the Sabrina's uh, clip actually about uh, Obama's chef drowning that a couple weeks ago, like for some unknown reason, that, that video blew up like uh, views wise, right? It, it got like 200,000 views. Like right now it's sitting at 295,000 views. Really? And, and yeah, we don't know why. Um, but I think that also gave a good boost to the numbers. I mean, if that was getting 200K, then why didn't those 200K people that watched it just fucking subbed? You could have been well, it's all about percentages, you know? That that happens often. That happens often where uh, a channel may get, um, they may have one video that goes viral. That's not the first one. The other video I had that went viral was Richard Wolf, um, the U.S. Empire is Falling. That was the first video. Nope, nope, I take that back. I'm sorry. I've had three that went viral. 
the very first one was the Jeffrey Epstein, Stacy Plaskett video. Yeah, 128K. Yeah, that sucker took off. And I mean, like, after that video clip came out, like, I had people contacting me from the Virgin Islands contacting me saying, thank you so much for covering this. We've been trying to tell people about Jeffrey Epstein, yada, yada. Then the second one was Richard Wolf, the U.S. Empire is falling. And then that the last one was that one from the Obama chef. Like, I didn't expect that to really take off either because a lot of people talked about that. So I was just kind of like, I don't know. It must have been the thumbnail, man. I don't know. <laughs> the Richard uh, Wolf one was about was 148K. But yeah, this Obama chef drowning one, 295K. It's crazy. But I don't know. Maybe it was an algorithm hiccup or something. <laughs> Yeah, because that's not something that happens for me often. And it's not like I have like banger thumbnails. Like I just I, I have a template that I use and I just pop faces out and pop faces in. So I don't I don't try to make really creative thumbnails, you know, I mean, that the algorithm could totally control this. Like if that algorithm like puts you in front of like everybody who looks at YouTube or something like you, you'd have a million like instantly. It's, it's crazy. The algorithm stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It also helps, too, if a topic is trending, like right when that clip is released, that also helps, too. Um, but it in the in the uh, YouTube studio, it said there's something about the thumbnail that caused people to click on it in reference to that Obama one. So. I don't know. <laughs> I guess people just really mad at Obama. Well, it should be like Obama's like, uh, he's like Uncle Ruckus. He's got that uh, uh, revitaligo shit going around. (laughs) (laughs) I was just watching, I'm doing a back-to-back read one of the the boondocks. And the episode I was watching yesterday is the one where he has revitaligo. He said he, he puts on cream that basically he's been trying to get himself to be less black. And it turns out <laughs> this entire time, Uncle Ruckus's family has been lying to him. His mom has this fucking fantasy uh, that she loves white people so much that she told him he was white, but he was born with, with a little piece of him that was like brown. And then over time, he went completely black. <laughs> and then the dad would just fucking hit him anytime Ruckus wants something. Like he wants to read that, smacks him around. And at the end, dad like came telling the truth, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You ain't white. You never were white. Your mom basically is fucking crazy. I and remember that episode. The yeah, Boondocks like, is probably one of the best shows on TV, man. I love the Boondocks. Yeah, some people didn't like the show. Like it was, I went, I looked at it on Wikipedia. So yeah, some people critiqued it. It was making black people look bad. I'm like, uh, whether it's like poor black people or the social, you know very well-off black people. I would say there's a good and bad between both sides. So I like, it's just satire. Yeah. But that show was absolutely genius. I thought I I love the boondocks. I was sad when the boondocks went away and they were going to bring it back, but John Witherspoon passed away and I guess they decided not to do it after he died. Well, yeah, there was a trailer. Like you saw the boondocks people were like adults Yep. Huey was like a politician. The girl that was always after Huey, like Tom's daughter, got knocked up by Riley. 
which is which was like, yeah. I thought no no that's a fan made shit. There's no way they were doing that shit. Tom was in prison. Like I mean, I watched the Booty Warrior episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was real. I didn't know I didn't know Booty 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 Warrior was a real thing. I had to basically Google that shit and think it popped up a name. Then I went on YouTube, found an old MSNBC clip of him saying the same type of fucking uh, 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 same type of basically sentences. He said, "Hey man, I like you. I like you." So we can do this hard the hard way <laughs> or the, the the hard way or the good way or some, some some shit like that. Well that shit was like funny. Like it was like best black comedy there is, like satire for an animation. It was hilarious. I don't know if everybody in the chat ever saw the boondocks, but you can still watch the reruns now. But I thought the show was funny. I know some people did have issues with it they were like it makes us look bad it puts us in a bad light I and i was like, like people like whether it's like the ghetto or the fucking upper class black people like <laughs> there's good and bad in both sides just laugh about it like there, there's a point where uh the hatocracy they come to <laughs> take revenge for state meter dying that, that, that kung fu shit where they they jump them they just go up in the air it's like old 70s kung fu shit sure can i let me ask you a question where can i um I, I watched it, but I didn't watch it like religiously in in real time. Oh, but, you know, uh, YouTube, YouTube has it for free. Did, the episodes that I did watch were funny, but I, you know, what is it came on Cartoon Network, I think, right? Don't swim. So, well, okay, well, don't swim. Yeah, yeah, Cartoon. Network. Well, so where can I find it? Uh, you know, because because now it's it's. I didn't think it was going to be big like that. I just thought it was another show and it was just funny. But I mean, now that where, where can I find it? You can go watch it free online on any website that just posts movies for free. I think YouTube is giving it for free because I was watching a couple of clips, like free videos, like 20 minutes long on YouTube. But I mean, I guess I mean, like, cause, like, kind of like watch it season. How you know, remember how many seasons it was? I think maybe four seasons until they fucked up the last one. Okay, cause I, cause I don't want to watch it like, cause you know, you do YouTube. You, it's kind of YouTube is kind of random. It's it's not like. Uh, how you got it on these other website, but I don't want to fucking say it right on on this channel. Uh, uh, well, you got my thing, so my Twitter. So I guess yeah. The thing about the website is that they keep changing it. They keep changing their name every time they just shut them down. They go by the same different version of the same name. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'll pay for it. Just (laughs) trying to run run around. Whatever. Sorry, but I thought it was still on Cartoon Network. Did they, they don't show it anymore? I know Cartoon Network said that that show was like very like eighteen plus. I don't know Cartoon Network would show a cartoon like that. I would think of Adult Swim. Oh, Ad- yeah. Adult Swim. Okay, they don't still show it on there anymore. I don't think so. I never, I never knew Cartoon Network was uh, showing the Boondocks. I thought they well, were. Adult, Adult Swim was on the Cartoon Network though. Okay. Okay, I thought so. Because I was about to say, now I'm getting kind of confused. Yeah, Don't Swim was on the Cartoon Network. Maybe I came a little late, but the Cartoon Network, I remember, like was like just for kids. They didn't do adult stuff in it. In the no, because, I, I no Adult Swim was on Cartoon Network, and the first show that they showed was the, oh, God, that the Bounty Hunters. What, what were they called? The Hatocracy? No, it was these bounty hunters. It was popular. 
They even brought it back live action, but they canceled it on Netflix. Okay. You know those Batman Hunters? The skinny guy with the afro? And you liked it, Sabrina, because you were sad that it, they took it off. You know those two bounty hunters with the with damn. So I'm seeing um you can go to adultswim.com and they're saying uh now Adult Swim is on Max, the new Max service. Cowboy Bebop. Oh wait, so to get a new it you have to get a new streaming service to watch it now? Well, have you heard of this this Max service? They, it's kind of like it was I HBO Max. Now it's Max. I got Max or Cinemax. Or it's some combo thing they've done. So yeah, of course it's a new one. They're trying to get you to to sign on. Anyways, it says um, Adult Swim is on Max now. That's the old HBO Max that they just changed the name. All right, let me look for it. Yeah, well, just go to AdultSwim.com for that one. I really don't know what's wrong with liberals, uh, Sabrina. They, they, they're really going after Trump. It's like one thing after the next. I'm like, you're making this man popular. That's what they do. You, you got to remember that the, the goal of the game is to talk about anything except what is really happening. The corruption, the billionaires, the mega corporations, the bankers, the military industrial complex, you know, all the people are really controlling things. So if anybody starts talking about them, it's like, oh, look, do you see what Trump did? Do you see what Trump did? That's the game. Yeah, because Trump's the only one that looks like he's the reasonable one, reasonable one, and Joe Biden looks like the uncaring one. I mean, he still hasn't been to East Palestine. Then you got the Hawaii shit. I'm like, he's saying, oh, I'm going to send you $700. I'm like, why not 250 k I mean, Trump ain't exactly known for his empathy either. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, I mean, they're both corrupt. But the thing is, as long as the media has you focused on Donald Trump, then you're not focused on what Joe Biden's doing. And especially you're not focused on what the billionaires are doing and what the corrupt, uh, corrupt joke of a government is doing. You know, we the, the, the we need real democracy. We need a, a government that actually works for the for all the people, the 99% instead of what we have, which is a completely corrupt, bought out um, government that works for the top 0.1%. And that, you know, and if, I, I just feel like if we're not focusing on that battle, then we're not getting anywhere. I sure as hell hope Colonel West starts focusing on that. Or, you know, it zooms in. Ukraine payments. You need to basically do an overall Ukraine payment, not just the United States, but every country that has consistently give to Ukraine. I know you focus on the on the US version, the US side, but how much in total have they been giving to Ukraine in total? Well just remember everything that goes quote unquote to Ukraine is really just going to, you know, the contractors, the the military and the and the these huge corporations. So, you know, Ukraine is just a laundromat. And so in those corporations, that military industrial complex is global. So, yeah, I mean, you're certainly right that it's a global phenomenon. It's all about, you know, funneling that money upward. Yep. But Ukraine is just, it's just the uh, it's just the good the, the good face. Like Jimmy likes to say it, uh, uh, Obama likes to put a pretty face on shit that they do. And Trump is the one that puts on the bad one. But I'm, but I'm looking at regardless, whatever it's they're giving the money is going really back to the military industrial complex. So how much money has been funneled, like, in total? Like, is it going it's- on? 
So, so a couple of months ago, it was reported that it was already, we covered it a couple months ago when it, once it had reached to a hundred billion, we covered it then. I remember that because Glenn Greenwald wrote, that was when he was still with Substack and he wrote a Substack article laying out all the different payments and the different packages. And when he did the math, he said, this is now a hundred billion dollars. And that was a couple of months ago. Yeah, because because it, it looks like it might reach maybe give it time another two hundred and a quarter of a, of a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is just a little corner of it that that we see, you know, because of, of how it runs. I mean, what, one of the things that I feel like people really need to to get a hold of is that this country our country the west in, in general is is rich as fuck i mean it's the, the amount of resources you know the natural resources the manufacturing the people resources is is just immense i mean we could be doing incredible things as a society we, we could have we could have a real utopia for the 99 percent, you know or we can have this corrupt system of you know that makes this small few thousand billionaires you know unimaginably wealthy and and wrecks everything else and you know i, I feel like that's the that's the thing we gotta demand that 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 changes you know and that in that we we stop putting up with the corruption and the and you know what we have now and and call them out and say you know this has got to stop uh, when I watched that video about the people in Hawaii, I was like, talk, I, I forgot for a second it, it was Hawaii because the guy was speaking almost like he had the almost Latino tone where it sounded like he was Latino. I'm like, wait, why do they sound like Latino? And some guy, uh, I think it was Rich, and then Dabby Dabs, they chimed in and said, oh, it's called Pigeon English. And then Dabby Dabs said that uh, they can't speak their own language over there because it's illegal. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, because we got to remember, and um, Nick talked about this before on RBN. Remember, Hawaii, that's another, that Hawaii was stolen. Like the U.S. stole Hawaii, you know, and it's, it's, there's still like indigenous people like in, in Hawaii, but Hawaii before it was a part of the United States, like it's just another place that the U.S. just, basically kind of annexed in a way it seems like but nick talked about this before where there were uh, videos that he played from people who were indigenous to hawaii and they t they were talking about how the u.s government basically stole their their island and then took their their tried to take their culture they still have some of their culture but try to take their culture and their rights away from the people and next thing you know, Hawaii was a state. That's not the way it was supposed to be. That's why, that's why when people say, well, Puerto Rico should have statehood, it should be a state. That's why I say like, but what do, what do people in Puerto Rico want? Is that what they want? Are we asking people there what they want for, for their, you know, their, their territory? Yeah, because I was thinking that because if they basically funnel uh, uh, Hawaii into a state, to say it's 50 states is the 50 state initiative but they won't give washington statehood but it's considered a state but they don't they can't vote and then you got puerto rico that's also like a territory from the mainland but then you can't make them americans on paper but you gotta fucking shit on them i can answer the um thing the puerto rico thing sabrina 
they had um they had elections there and the part that said i guess it was like i guess it was an initiative and they voted to want to be a state but the voter turnout people who was like no you know that was no they said the voter turnout was low so they was just like we should have another initiative pretty much but you know that's that's one of the things with 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 initiatives you can have a situation where oh wow 87 percent want this thing but then you take a look at how many people voted on the initiative and compare that with how many registered voters are are in there then you're like okay it wasn't a high turnout just like the uh i think it was the ohio thing that i was talking about i think they had 17 million registered voters and only like 3 million voted, something like that. But yeah. Well, the thing is, even with DC, like in reference to that question, when I talked to Judge Joe Brown about this, he said the easiest thing to do would be to give DC back to Maryland. And then there you go. Yeah, that's what yeah. he suggested like a, about a year or two ago when I used to watch the show. Yeah, and uh, the last thing we'll say since the Tories here, uh, Notorious made a comment about RFK. Um, I think it's the one when you said the video where he uh, he didn't get no, he wasn't getting no protection. He asked Joe Biden, he was not getting protection. And I basically super chat, and I super chatted. I uh, commented on Twitter, said that well, if Cornell West basically asked for protection but they refused it, maybe Cornell should just go to the not fucking around coalition and just ask them for protection. And RFK is already a rich man worth $51 million, $50 million, he could just fund his own campaign and just, and just pay for protection. Why does he need poor people's money? I don't think legally you can do that. Fund your own campaign? I don't think you can. Legally, I don't think you can do that. I don't think that you can pay for your own campaign, and I don't think that you can, play, you can pay out of pocket for your own campaign expenses. I, I, think, I, I think like the candidate themselves can, because I've seen that happen a lot. And I think that's become like a Supreme Court thing, like money is speech type of thing. So I think the person themselves can, because you do see that. You see these rich people self-funding. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because Trump said that he was funding his shit, even though he had other people backing him. So I'm like... But he could certainly pay for bodyguards and whatnot. I mean, that's just a personal thing. Well, you're right. The reason he's talking about that is because it's a good topic for him. It's, you know, it gets people worked up and whatnot. You know, it's the same old game. Talk about anything and everything except the billionaires and the bankers and the MIC and, you know. Yeah, because he, he seems like he's not going anywhere now because any, anywhere he goes, he basically is slipping on banana peels. Now, uh, um, he, do distance talked about this where um, he's, he, he as, as you said, Sabrina, He's not looking for leftist audiences. He's just going for that conservative shit. Yeah. Now he's saying shit like um, he wants to uh, not knock off qualified immunity. Qualified like the easiest fucking shit you can do other than saying defund the police because defund the police is like fucking kryptonite for everybody else. But the whole I want to get rid of qualified, that's easy layup. But he can't fucking touch that part. He says, ah. I want to get rid of qualified immunity. Then he says his website said he was going to do it, but he said, no, that's not me. That's a, that's my website says some shit. I'm, I'm not saying that. And then he went after, he also back, doubled back on the abortion. I'm yeah. like, you're not looking for leftist people. You're not even looking for a coalition. You're looking for one-sided people. 
Look, look, let me let me just let me tell you something. What I I, I think um, it is the candidate's responsibility to know what's on their website. Sorry, that's that's an easy one. That's campaign one on one. And two. You're right. He's he's not for like that left like uh, population. He's trying to go for, like you said, like that conservative base or the libertarian base like but he's running through the Democratic Party. And the reason why I say this is because I was just recently contacted by someone uh, who wants me to interview another candidate. This guy is uh, a socialist and he is running through the Republican Party. I just found out about this, just saw the email uh, for president. And I'm like, what? So what I'm saying is, is that RFK Jr. is basically going to the largest, the largest bases pop uh, possible, right? The largest bases possible are on the right. They're not on the left. So, and, and the people in between the people who may have like um, more conservatives or libertarians as a part of their audience, but the host may not be that way. So that's why like, he'll go on Glenn Greenwald. He'll go on to, um, Russell Brand, his campaign, they, they just called me again the other day. Um, since funny you brought that up. Uh, one of his campaign managers, the ones who, who's been in communication with me, just called me up the other day and told me that, asked me for any Palestinians that he could talk to. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I know several. I said, and he, his thing is, and he's black, like this campaign, the one of the, this dude who calls me from the campaign, He's he's black and he's been watching us. He's watched my show and RBN. And he said, like, it's upsetting to him. Basically, he said he finally got a chance to talk to Bobby the other day. Stephanie, uh, who's his communications director, she's been keeping people away from him, even people that are working on the campaign. This guy, Theo, has been trying to reach him for quite some time. He finally got to talk to him and he told him, you have to understand that some people are single issue voters. And when it comes to the African-American community, the comments and the positions that you have in reference to policing and the comment that you made about where you don't agree with cash reparations, those people are not going to support you. And so apparently he's trying to get this thing together um, so that he can talk to Max. And I said, well, what about Stephanie, the director of communications? She told Max that that's not going to happen. And Theo told me, he said, yeah, he said, I'm working on her too, because he said it's, it's a problem. Like you can't abandon. He basically said he told Bobby, like, you cannot abandon an entire left base. It seems, it seems to be that guy should be in charge and not Stephanie. Mm -hmm. But that's not who was hired to be the communications director. And so, but he said like, yeah, he said that he's been watching us and he's been hearing our concerns. And he said, our concerns are really valid. And he said, he can't, he has to understand you can't alienate an entire group of people like that. And that's exactly what RFK Jr. has been doing. And like, and like I said, I, I told him, I was like, he ain't even got to come on my show. I really don't expect it. <laughs> like he ain't even got to come on my show. But the fact that he's ignored pretty much almost the entire left, 
uh, especially those of us who have the position that we do about Israel and Palestine. I said, it's a slap in the face to progressives. And I saw on Twitter today that now all of a sudden RFK is saying that he is a populist. He's what identifying as a populist. That's when, he did, when I covered his announcement in Boston on the ground, he said he is a liberal. He's an old school liberal. Now, how you go from you a liberal, you're what the Democratic Party used to be. Now you call yourself a populist. So this is what Cornell West, I think, may have been referring to when he talks about candidates kind of move in the direction of the people that they talk to. If he's talking to someone that's pro-cop, he's going to say pro-cop things. If he's talking to someone that's, um, I don't know, anti-abortion, he's going to say, may say things that side with them a little bit on that. To me, based on what I've seen over the past two weeks, he don't really seem sensible. He's a flip-flopper. Yep. So it's 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 fucking mind-boggling that you say that he's not populist. Oh, I'm fucking fearing that Jimmy Dore is gonna fucking repeat that shit on his show. That he's gonna say RFK says he's a populist now, and that's gonna basically go into that go gonna go to on that channel, and people are gonna believe that shit. I'm like, God damn it! Like, why? How did it get here? Where basically this guy's supposed to be? It should have been basically Cornell West basically changing people's minds, not fucking RFK. But see, that's that's if you pay attention to may, most of the shows that he's gone on to, he's gone on to those populist shows. Like, for example, going on to breaking points when Crystal's supposed to be left populist, Sagra's supposed to be right populist, populist show. Uh, going on to Jimmy Dore show, Jimmy Dore's populist show, Kim Iverson, populist show, Russell Brand, populist show. So you see what I mean? That all makes sense now. But my thing is, is like you say you're old school liberal. I haven't even seen. Has RFK Jr. even been on David Pakman's show? I don't think David Pakman's not going to want him on because David Pakman is, is, a, is a Biden voter, just like Kyle Kalinske is a Biden voter. But he ain't been on no. This, but this is what I'm saying, guys. How you running as a Democrat and you ain't been on no shows where the, 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 the Democrat audience? That's just weird. Well, he's not looking for that. So he probably wants to funnel a couple of Republicans to his side. Or uh, I think the Vanguard said they got a prediction. I didn't watch their fucking video. I'm not going to even give them views. I look at the title. They say they got a prediction. He might go Republican. He already addressed. He already he just addressed that at a conference, though. He just addressed that question. He's going to go Republican. No, he said he's not. Okay. But if he does, if he jumped into the Republican primary race right now, it wouldn't do him any good. If that was the case, he should have started there. And the reason why I say that is because you you guys saw again tonight, Vivek is climbing up in the polls. Ron DeSantis is sinking. Uh, I don't see him trying to, I don't think that he could beat Trump or anything like that. But if he does that, then people going to look at him as a flip-flopper again. He all over the place. Yeah, because I don't think he can get the same Cornell treatment where basically Cornell started with the People's Party and then he switched to the Greens. That's because majority people said, we don't want the MPPs. You go with the Greens. That was majority majority uh, vote on online. Even the Democrats were saying that bullshit, even though basically the Democrats didn't, Democratic voters didn't really mean it. He went with the Greens because the People Party ballot access issue plus uh, the, the baggage that came with it. Yeah, yeah I, I know. He didn't have time for it. But the thing is, is this, is that, um, you know, 
<laughs> Cornell West never switched his positions. RFK Jr., how are you going to have on the website, like, you're going to get rid of qualified immunity, but then you say in the interview, oh, no, I didn't know that was on the website. No, I'm not going to. Where'd that come from, uh, Bobby? Yeah, because it seems like... Wrote- wrote that on your website and they didn't get that from you like you don't know what's on your website you don't know what your policies are on your website you ain't paying attention to what's written and said about you on your own platform yeah because it's kind of funny you said that he wants to the guy who talked to you said he wants to talk to palestinians and i'm like that shit ain't gonna go so well like especially with that group you nick you and nick like to mention the what the palestinian group why yeah. doesn't he, why doesn't he go talk to those people because i would love to I see told that him. shit because that's, that's, not, gonna go, that's I... not gonna go well I, I, hey, that's on them. My job was just to pass on the name. So it is what is he's like. He's got to have this conversation with Max. He's got to have this conversation. He said he can't be doing this because he said basically like black people are not feeling RFK Jr. I was like, well, no, of course not. He don't have no policies that's really for black people. He has no black agenda. And then they say you support reparations. Reparations ain't even on his website. And then to say you support it, but you don't support cash reparations in a barbershop where you're talking to a bunch of uh, black dudes. It's just like, nah, man, all your policies are for for mainly mainly to benefit white people, not mainly to benefit black people. He don't even agree with universal health care. That's not even on his on his platform is one of his policies. So he really trying to help out the black community. That's what I'm saying. Even for the people who say, well, Medicare for all universal health care would help help black people. He ain't even got that on his platform. Uh, yeah, because Nick has a joke where he says, um, because you know his thing is like the, the 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 whole vaccine shit and censorship. And Nick says like, "Yeah, man, I'm not even running on vaccines. Stop saying I'm running on vaccines. But that's your shit. Why don't you just run on it? Censorship and the vaccine shit. Just run on that because you don't give a fuck about the other stuff. So why are you saying your website saying one thing, and then you're saying something else in front of people's faces, but you don't really mean it? In one week, he flip flop on abortion and policing." How you do that? Say what you, people can say what they want about Cornell West, but he's consistent and he's principled. And if he needs to learn something, he'll tell you, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to learn and sit down. He'll, he'll actually listen. RFK Jr. willing to listen. And it's just, and that to me really say something like, what are you really trying to run here? Like what, what exactly is this really all about? So my, my, my last bit and I'll, log off here uh it's about the reparations thing when you said he didn't want to give like cash reparations to people where do you think that's coming from is it is it from that conservative standpoint that says oh if you give black people money they're just going to use it on drugs and some shit i'm like who gives a fuck basically what they do with the money it's going to be a one-time check they ain't going to well, get seconds it, i don't think it comes from a conservative anything because there are democrats there are democrats that don't because normally it's, it's, it's Republicans, I I I I, I, I hear saying that ca- it's a handout. It's this and that. But there, I hate to tell you this, sure, but there are white Democrats that feel the same way. No, oh, I know, but yeah. it's mostly so coming thing, from the conservative. That's what I'm saying. But I, I don't doubt that liberals will say that shit because liberals are not for the reparations shit. No, I don't think it's coming from that. I think it's coming from him trying to please his base, and his base is. Basically, I think he's trying to he trying to please like white working class people, libertarians like that, that type of energy space right up in there. And I'm sorry, but this campaign to me just seems a little suspect. 
Like, come on, man. First you go from I'm I'm a a, a real Democrat, uh, liberal, da 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 da. And then now you telling everybody on Twitter you're a populist? What are you? Tomorrow are you gonna be Voltron? Like, I don't know what you're trying to be. Because if he's saying he's a populist, he might as well call himself a socialist. I don't think he even likes that name or even a communist. Because I think like the giving people the uh hand cash, um, I mean people physically is better than when the government sends you the, the check. Because if you give it to physically to somebody, let's say somebody's gonna die tomorrow or in a, in a week from now, that person could just get go get a lawyer and just pass the money to the family if he passes away. But if the government's the one sending out the checks, the government could say, Oh well, basically this such and such died, so basically that money was supposed to go to the to him and he probably would have given it to you, the family, we can get we can keep that money. You know, to to be honest. I don't know. I just think I'm sorry, but I, I really do think that this is a this is a fucking joke. Like how you dismiss an entire guys, Vivek has gone on to left shows. Vivek has gone to left shows. And he's running as a fucking Republican. You mean to tell me Marianne Williamson gone to left shows? You mean to tell me this guy running the Democratic Party won't go on to a left show and you got fucking Republicans going on to left shows? Yep. She, Marianne, as much as I don't like her, she goes on almost left and right shows. The only left show he has gone on is Jimmy Dore because he has a lot of probably a right wing following. But Jimmy Dore has stayed consistent on who he is. You know what? You know what was unique about Trump? Somehow he got away with um, convincing his constituency, his supporters, that doing things for black people is a good thing. I don't know how he did it, but there were people that, I mean, I have a, I have a friend, he used to drive a cab. I used to drive a cab too, but he used to drive a cab and he would get, you know, these, these MAGA supporters in his car and he'd be like, yeah, Trump's going to do good by the black man now. And I'm telling you, it was just like, yo, what do you got to lose? That was his line. What do you got to lose? Every, all of these MAGA people were like, yes, Trump. I guess it's because we got a guy that's going to do something for the black man as long as it's not the Democrat doing something for the black man. We don't care who does something for the black man. We just want to be our guy that does something for the black man, not not the Democrat. I mean, they were so hyped like they were not mad at him i'm not saying that he like really did that much for us i mean yeah you know he he did more than joe did but they were like yeah trump's they kept saying yeah trump's gonna do good by the black man now like all of a sudden you concerned about my welfare like you know what i mean like not welfare is in like i'm getting a welfare check but like welfare is in the dictionary term of uh, uh welfare but it, and maybe it's because he was honest with who he was. Maybe he wasn't being fake about it. Maybe he said, I'm going to do right by the black man. Now, he didn't say he's going to give reparations, but I'm curious as no, if he would have said that. You know what I mean? How it would have been taken. But like, yes, give money to black people. Well, you know, that, but that's the thing I but, was thinking about because since you just mentioned that. Um, he did. I did remember him saying, "What do you got to lose?" You, you said something. Your schools are bad. Your neighborhoods are crushed, or some bullshit like that. Yeah. I'm like, if if you can get them the, the the most hardest like fucking redneck 
I don't want to fucking be in nowhere near black, no black people to basically just for one second just shut down their racism. And he's like the, the de facto leader, and they can go along with it. Maybe Trump should basically say, hey, man, we're going to increase the Republican population of black people. Just put that reparations in there and says, I'm not going to fucking do it. And maybe he doesn't really give you like a whole reparation shit. I'm not going to do it. But he mm-hmm. would do something to the point where it would force basically black people to just go to the Dem- Republican Party. And Democrats are like, fuck, maybe we got, we got to run on reparations, too. By the way, sure, I don't think it should be one check. <laughs> just no, let I, you know. No, when That's I said the, one, when I said one check, I say just look at every fucking thing he's ever done to black people and send it in one check. Oh, I guess I was thinking two thousand dollars a week for the rest of my life. Let, the me, next let me bring in let me bring in Natori because she's been waiting for a minute, Ashura. Okay. All right, I'll go to uh, Natori and then I'll bring in Noel. What's going on, Natori? Just gotta hit the unmute button. Hello. 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 Congratulations on your 50K. Thank you so much. Can't wait till you get to 100K. But I want to get back to Donald Trump people. I think Donald Trump people know, a lot of them know that he's full of shit. I think they just love that he is, um, like he go after the media. Hell, I love that he go after the media and status quo. But I want to um, touch back on um, Robert. It's just with him. It's just I was gonna ask you too. Was he? Was you still in the queue? But you done said um a lot about it. Talked about him, and it's just he to me. He just don't know what he gonna do. I feel like the he no different than any other Democrat, and he just goes off of what the people that's paying him, the rich people that's paying him, going off of what they tell him to say. Yeah, from what I was told by this person from their campaign is that they're they're changing their strategy in reference to his campaign. And so he tweeted out today that he's a populist. So it seems like that's the direction that he's going to to go in. Again, it just they all they all over the place right now. For me, it's like, what do you really stand for? Because you can't just run on. Well, my father died and. You know, he, my, my, my uncle did not want to like the CIA and da, da, da. that's cool. We know history. Great. Kudos. You get an A plus. What are you running on? Yes. I know you don't think that we should have this war with Russia and Ukraine. Totally get that. Totally get it. But other than that, what, what are you trying to do for the American people? Are you for a living wage? Are you for increasing the minimum wage? What about infrastructure? What about, you know, transportation? What about food? What about housing? Like, what is the plan, man? Right. I feel like he's going after, I'm just going to say, he's going after the white people that fell off Trump and they don't want to vote for Trump, but they can vote for somebody that's, to me, he's like a nice Trump. He's for the status quo. To me, he give me light Republican. And I feel like he going after the white voters that's pushing. Like, I know the COVID thing hurt a lot of people, but mostly, I ain't going to say mostly. A lot of people in the hood didn't get, don't give a fuck. I know it hurt people, but I think it affected white people a lot. And I know they gun-ho about, cause I see them talking about that. Like, that's the only issue they see. And it's like, I'm not trying to divide nothing, but 
black people been going through a lot of shit and we said it's a last time on calling it but that's what i see and that's what i know he's going after those people that don't want to vote for um a regular what they try to say he ain't a regular democrat which he is and they kind of don't want to vote for um trump but i saw this too they said that if they don't for um robert which is fine if they don't vote for um robert they will they will vote for um donald trump and what that tell you that that in my book it just i mean for me it's just yeah the, the campaign doesn't make any sense anymore it really doesn't i'm just like what what are you trying to do like you shut out an entire audience of people are you crazy does RK Jr. not realize that, like, not everybody that watches me watches Breaking Points? Not everybody that watches, like, you know, RBN watches um, Russell Brand? Like, does he not understand that? I don't think he cares. Oh, no. I really do. Um, just like the girl that blocked you, she still be on Twitter. And she made a post the other day saying exactly what I said. She said um, that she, like, if if she don't, if he don't win, they are voting for, um, and a lot of people like that shit. Like, I'm guessing she getting followers and likes. Uh, it's like, I can care less, but it's like, girl, and she talking about she will, they will vote for um Trump. So to me, it's like, it's a game to me because I feel like they're not trying to really change nothing. I feel like they're not looking out for other people, but themselves, which I'm, I'm the type of person. I want everybody to win, like poor, the working poor, cause I'm sick of this shit. But then to see them bitches going back and forth from the Democrat saying, but they send they socialists and for the poor and working poor, but yet y'all playing in a Democrat and Republican party and ain't going to give y'all shit. She's a libertarian. She's, I know you talk, you talking about Lord. She's a libertarian. And see, that's the thing. Like a lot of these people that got behind RFK Jr. Some of them behind him because of the whole COVID narrative. But before RFK Jr., some of these people voted for Donald Trump mm -hmm. and they were they were Trump supporters. And then RFK Jr. jumped in the race and they're like, oh, it's a Kennedy. And oh, he's talking about COVID. He calls out the vaccine stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Da, 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 da. It's just like, again, like you got to realize where a lot of these people are coming from. How many Democrats think about this and not to play red team, blue team. But he's running through the, the Democratic Party. How many mm -hmm. Democrats plan on voting for RFK Jr.? How many? I don't think a lot. I don't think hardly any. I, to me, I'm wondering why the hell is he not running as a Republican? That's what a lot of people are saying. So, so again, if he if he agrees with them on the border issue, if he agrees with them on the abortion issue, which he can't seem to get his mind, you know, wrapped around that about what he really thinks and what he doesn't think. If he agrees with them on not ending qualified immunity, why the hell is he running through the Democratic Party? What is he really trying to do? Everyone need to ask that question. It's to try to get Donald Trump or Joe Biden back in office, I feel, because it's like, I don't see no win for Marianne. The only person I see, and not just because he running in the Green Party, Cornell West, because it's like, I don't see, like, he the only one that's different and that's not in the system. Like, I don't care. Like I told Pasta again, I don't care how much he say this and that about this, his guy. Good, good for you, boo-boo. But 
it's like it's nothing you can say because I know I'm done. Nothing he can say because I'm done with the Democrats. And then it's like it's nothing they can say to me. It's like this a this dead. Oh yeah, and when is Shiva? I think you said is it Dr. Shiva or like when is he coming on your show? Not next week, but the following week. Okay. But yeah, the stuff we um and I don't even pay attention. I don't even talk about her no more, Mariana. And then it's like I I was done with um Robert when he said he came out well ran as a Democrat. But then I seen the Palestine issue trash. Then he said about the police trash. Then reparations trash. Like if um I'm not voting for you, why wouldn't I just because the shit that he doing? Why wouldn't I just vote for? or vote for um Joe Biden why would anybody want to vote for him just go for Joe Biden or um Donald Trump to me he's right there in the middle between them and pasta said that if RFK don't get the nomination he's going to vote for Donald Trump that's what I'm trying to tell people like if you look at who his base really is his base is really people who some of them supported Trump last time but don't want to support him this time Hold up, Sabrina. Sorry. He said that he was going to do that? Yes, he said it on my show. Maybe I didn't... Maybe it it flew over my head. No, he said it. He said it on my show. And, like, him and Nick talked about this recently, too, with the debate that they had. If RFK Jr. does not win the nomination, he will be supporting Donald Trump. I'm not surprised. So what, 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 what is really... Guys, let's think about this. What the hell is happening here? So it's one thing to say you're not going to support the Democratic Party. But Pasta, like uh, some of the rest of us, said that he would not be supporting the two-party system at all, especially after him and Fiorella covered the elections on the ground in Arizona and Georgia, and they reported on election uh, integrity and election issues. So that's why Fiorella was coming at him hard and is like, what the hell is wrong with you? We've already been through this. We had this conversation. You know better than anyone. They know better than I do because they were there on the ground. She's like, you know that this is is rigged, that this is fixed. Like, what is wrong with you? What do you mean you would support? So again, it's like, there's so many people like they, they, they are fascinated by this guy. You know? You got to fly Fiorella back into the country. And have her sit next to uh, Robert. I mean, Robert. What's his name? Possibly I again. tell people the COVID <laughs> broke people's brains. I yes. really do believe that COVID broke people's brains just like Trump broke some people's brains. And I think that people, it's just like, oh, well, my rights were, inf- were infringed upon. And I'm going to vote for this guy because. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I'm like, how the hell you go from attacking Trump for all those years, for four years on your freaking podcast to uh, I'm going to vote for Trump. Like, what? What the hell is wrong with people? I think it's money involved, but even that's not the case. It's like, I don't hate pasta. He can vote for who he wants, but um, it's no need for me because when I see somebody switch up, it's no need for me to watch a show. It's no need for <laughs> me to follow you because I'm the type of bitch if you switch up and because I'm like, I'm because I know I wa- I know what I watched two years ago. I saw how he said he wasn't in either party. And now when Roberta came on the scene, I mean, Robert came on the scene like oh gun ho um let's vote for this guy and then i ain't even know this he said he was i'm not surprised that he would vote for trump but yet you um probably not 
for the two party system. So it's a wrap for me. Like I'm not like I told y'all. Like this shit is really wild and crazy. A lot of people have switched up, just like how Kyle's trying to say we need to give Biden credit. Like, nah, motherfucker, we don't need to give Biden credit for shit. You out here trying to give Joe Biden credit because you know damn well that Marianne's not gonna win and you still need to keep your show profitable. So you gonna sit up there and congratulate Joe Biden and do exactly what David Pakman did. David Pakman progressive and support people like Bernie Sanders. And David Pakman saw there was more money if he moved over to Democrat establishment. And that's what David Pakman did. And I feel that's exactly what Kyle Kalinske is doing. Right. I feel like after Bernie Sanders, like they was like trying to find out how are they gonna make their money and then it seemed like everybody just fell back into the Democratic Party. And then they, and they, it's so weird. It's funny to me. They get mad at their audience or used to be audience because we saw how said, and now they mad and calling people QAnon and right winger because we ain't believing in what they say. We see that you switched up. Like, if you ain't getting a check from the Democrats, like, you stupid because you switched up. And then what? people come after me because they I call out Nina Turner and they talking about you talking down to another black. Well, I said, fuck that bitch. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. Yeah, that's why. Why do you guys think they get so mad at us over at RBN? Why y'all think they get so mad at us? Because we're we not willing to move along with that plan. We're not willing to say, well, we got to vote for Joe Biden. That's why George Sheridan don't like us. That's why Kyle don't like us. That's why Vanguard don't like us. That's why uh, the, who is it? The XTYT peoples, whoever the fuck they are, Humanist Report, that group, that's why they don't like us because we won't go along with that flow. And in the past, that's how it worked and left independent media. Everybody kind of moved along together. That's why they don't like Jimmy Dore because after Bernie screwed people over the first time, the second time around, Jimmy said, I'm going to go with Tulsi because J Bernie didn't have a fucking spine. And so once Jimmy called out the squad for being frauds because they wouldn't force the vote for Medicare for all, which he was correct about, they were like, oh boy, we'll have to distance ourselves. You know, not can't be around Jimmy. He's not willing to move along with the group. TYT has always been the gatekeeper. A lot of these people came from that TYT network in some way, shape or form. You look back, you can find everybody. Had, had been on there at one point, even the David Pakman show used to be a part of TYT. So they were the gatekeepers when it came to progressive media. So whatever they did, you really were supposed to follow their lead. Jimmy strayed from that. They despise him because he strayed away from that. And even with me, I don't agree with Jimmy on everything. And he knows this. I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that. He totally knows that. But you can disagree with someone without saying, okay, they started to move in a different direction. Let me try to uh, smear this person and tell everybody that they're right wing. And that's what they did to Jimmy. And they do that same shit to RBN. And they purposely, they on purpose, they will pick out certain things from our channel and ignore all the other things in reference to activism. They'll ignore the labor summit. They won't say shit about that. They won't say shit about the labor stuff. The community organizing, mutual aid, they'll pretend like that stuff does not exist. And they'll pick one video where Jordan Sheraton was criticized. These people don't like us because we're not moving with the gatekeepers.
Unless independent media, that tends to be a problem. That's why some people, in my opinion, I feel like that's why some people turned on Brie the way that they did. Oh no, she's talking to people on the right. How dare she? Bad Faith was always like an interview show. You know? So it's like, who was she? Is she only supposed to interview people who are progressive? And that's how this works? Yeah, she and let's and let's okay. not forget. I used to love Pork Belly. I mean, I don't know how to say his name, just say Chink. A lot of people came from TYT um, that used to support them until they made the switch when they got that money. But it's just like I said before, you got to watch how they talk because a lot of people can dismiss stuff. But me, once I see, I can give you one chance, but once I see that you completely flip and crazy, I can't do it no more. And that's how I see um, pasta. And it's just, like, what the hell are you doing? I'm telling you, people trying to trying to thrive and live. In the, but see, guys, this one, I'm telling you, look, if you start a channel, don't make your channel revolve around a politician. Because a lot of these channels started during the Bernie campaigns. And then when Bernie sold out and sold his whole ass, they didn't have nowhere to go. But, well, we just got to back Biden because you see what I mean? Like, don't do that. Don't just... Whatever you do, don't do that. It was different for like me and RBM because we started after. So we were never a part of, we never had a show during that, those Bernie movements. We were actually on the ground during those Bernie movements. So um, I, I think that's why it was different from us. So when we started, Joe Biden had already won and we were mainly just doing interviews and covering the news. So we weren't, that was different because there wasn't an active campaign. So we weren't like saying, hey, th this show stands for such and such. Like we weren't around during that, that part. So I think, you know, the people who did start during those Bernie campaigns, they're kind of, you know, trying to find like where they fit in. And that's Mary and Williamson was supposed to come in and be that progressive, you know, presidential candidate that was going to, I guess, try to create that same type of wave and energy that Bernie did, only people weren't feeling Marianne the way that they were feeling Bernie Sanders. So now what do you do, especially for Crystal and Kyle, because they recruited her, what do you do? Now you got to tell people, all the oh, Joe Biden's actually good. He's actually doing some good things. It's just, no. Like, that's why I tell people my show is in interviews. <laughs> this is not a so-and-so campaign show. And I think once you go into that kind of lane, it's like it's great if they win, but if they lose, then what? This is also not a let's attack Trump all the time show, which that was another thing that happened. During that same time, during those Bernie campaigns, people were also able to grow an audience off of just mainly just attacking, attacking Donald Trump. There's a, a, a show on YouTube, I think it's Kristoff's show. Yes, that guy. I blocked him a long time ago. I was sick of it. I'm Girl, like, every video was every video. Trump, 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 Trump. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? It's weird. I'm like, this person has just made an entire channel off of just Trump, and that's it. And that's why, like, so if you had those two things going for you, Bernie doing really well in the polls and out there growing the numbers, and uh, the anti-Trump stance, your show fucking blew up. But now, 
What do you do? That's why I said after Joe Biden won, things started to change. That's why you got 50,000 subscribers because you you kept the course. You didn't get into, uh, oh, this person is, this other YouTube host is a piece of crap. I mean, you might mention it wasn't like the main thing. You just said, I'm going to focus on this. This, I'm going to do news and interviews. And we're going to do some stuff. We're going to do nutritious uh, brain food uh, reporting. (laughs) You know, stuff of what the, you know, what's going on with the little guy in little guy America. And, and, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's why you ended up getting, you know, 50,000 subs besides me uh, having you listen to my request. Oh, thank you, Roger. Well, the thing is, is like, if you broke, it doesn't really matter who's, who's like, like in, in office right now, if you broke, you still going to be broke. Mm-hmm. It's one more thing I want to talk about and I'm going to drop down. I don't know what is going on in North Carolina, but shit used to be cheap here. I mean, cheap. But, um, like, it was going down, but the last um, month, stuff has been going up every week, like gas, car insurance, and food. It's crazy. I saw your tweet when you tweeted about that. Well, grocery prices ain't no joke. I'm for real. I'm telling people. Where's the people coming from, Natori? Do you know? Um... I'm pretty sure all over, but it's not the people. I'm just, because I don't see mostly the people that's coming, but I know they coming because prices never been this crazy because my rent went up um two times this year. I know where they're coming from. Where are they coming from? Massachusetts and New York. I, that's what I was trying to get at. Because <laughs> I, I used to live in North Carolina. I went to, to high school in North Carolina. That, uh, that uh transition started to happen was even happening back then even more so now a lot of people from those two states in particular have been moving to north carolina and uh that's why your prices are going up you said your grandparents are from north carolina on the show yes my grandparents are originally from north carolina and they moved to baltimore during the great migration do you know what city i mean in in north carolina my my grandmother on my dad's side was from Johnston County. My grandmother on my mother's side, actually my grandma on my mother's side actually grew up in South Carolina and North Carolina. So we got two I'm things. Trying to find out if we're related, Sabrina. <laughs> That's pretty much oh. what I'm trying to find out. <laughs> Do y'all have an Audi in y'all um area? Like a grocery store called Audi? Yeah, I went to, uh, that's where I went to the grocery store this week was um, Audi and even um, Audi's prices increased. Yes, they are the cheapest store and you know if they shit is, have gone up sky high, I can only imagine what other grocery stores prices are. I'm my, telling my you. My grandmother's from Durham, by the way. My maternal grandmother's from Durham. I just wanted to say that. Throw it out there. Durham, Durham, Durham. The Dirty D. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Oh, and there's one, there's one more thing. Are y'all into um, Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yes. 
So I'm so ready for September. For the what? What? Mortal Kombat New Era, honey. Hold up. What's going on? I don't even have a PS5, but I'm going to get one. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Got it. I, yeah. thought, I thought there was another Everybody is talking about that, and I'm ready for it. And it looked like it's going to be good. But I'm going to drop down, and congratulations again, Sabby, on your 50K. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's bring in Dwayne in the house. Dwayne Wayne. What's up? Uh-oh. Okay, while we wait on Dwayne, Dwayne, I know we had this problem before. I'm going to invite you to speak, and I'm going to go to Noel. What's up, Noel? Good evening, everybody. And first off, let me say congratulations to you on reaching... 50,000 subscribers. It's a real tribute and it is, it pays homage to the fact that you are doing more news than entertainment. And as you know, your messaging and your takes on various current events gets out, people gravitate to it. And I have no qualm um, about suggesting that as you get those um, pieces that go viral, People may take one or two second looks. And once they see that what you're doing is consistent, I'm sure your subs will continue to grow. So congratulations to you. Um, In terms, huh? I said, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, In terms of the whole thing with RFK, you know, I, I remind everybody that everything emerges from narrative. You know, when we look at these candidates, we see that Donald Trump had a public persona and image by way of the television and entertainment and his TV show and all of this stuff and, you know, pop culture before he entered the race. So people had some idea of what they felt was his character. The same is for Dr. Cornell West. Even though these people were not political figures per se, people perceived they had some awareness about who they were and what where they stood on issues and their temperament. We didn't have that with RFK. So RFK Jr. is, he doesn't have necessarily a following. He's trying to cultivate that and he's decided to run through the Democratic Party. So that narrows a certain amount of positions that he would need to be on the right side of. And he, to me, is trying to cultivate a base amongst the disenfranchised and disaffected aspects of the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and the independents. He's trying to cobble together a following based on the disenchantment of those three groups. And it's not working because what We've come, what we've always known is that the polarities in the American electorate run deep. You know, it may seem like something esoteric in terms of the discussion, but the reality is when you get down to the brass tacks of the issues beyond the professional managerial class, these are real issues for people. And so you know you want to tap into the disenchantment around A, B, and C, but you do so at the risk of further alienating other portions of that massive group that you want to pick off. 
And so he's, you know, stepped into something of a quagmire by taking all these disparate positions and then having to flip flop based on what he thinks or where he thinks the most potential voters are. And so that's a very risky approach to my thinking because, you know, to Dr. West's credit, you need to start off from a ethical center. You need to be consistent about what you feel across the spectrum. And Dr. West has been consistent across time. And along the way, when he's learned some things differently, he's willing to, you know, tailor those things. But I dare say that as Dr. West learns more about certain topics, he his positioning changes in a way that brings it into consistency what his greater beliefs are that he's already expressed. And so there is no discord in terms of him being consistent across a set of principles. That's not the case for RFK Jr. And he's kind of like spinning around in circles, trying to be all things to all people. Whereas I think the better way and what is appealing about Dr. West is he starts from a base of how he understands the world and the truth in that. And he just to go from there. That's going to be a turnoff to some people because some people are not aligned with what we understand the real truth to be. And, you know, with that, I segue into Vivek Ramaswamy. The reason he is so dangerous is, um, and the reason I believe he's climbing in those Republican polls is Vivek is a, is a more sophisticated brown-skinned Trump. He is non-traditional. He has a business background. He has proven to be successful um, in the capitalist way. He speaks to the mythology of the American narrative. He starts with the American dream. And when you lean into those things, which we understand to be patently false, you do dial into that Trump base because it plays into what they're meta understanding of this country is but we know that to be a lie and he has a certain amount of charisma a certain amount of apparent intellect which brings him into that obama-esque type of thing he's good with language he has brown skin he is of some type of immigrant descent and so he is appealing for those reasons but he is dangerous because he is starting with a narrative that we know to be false and mm -hmm. he's leaning into it. And it appeals to that Trump base in a way that DeSantis cannot come into contact with because DeSantis read it as a flat map. And he's like, oh, if I just lean in overtly on racially polarizing issues because it works in Florida, I can expand it across the map. But it doesn't work like that. And so Vivek has figured the way to do it based out of the American narrative. But he is careful not to cross Trump and he just makes it seem all like it's legitimate. But what we know and, until, you know, people seem mesmerized that Trump numbers continue to go up and this and that. But we know that the core, the cord that connects Trump to that base has a lot to do with race and white privilege and all of those things. That's why his appeal to the forgotten man and make America great again 
harkens them back to time frames in this nation's history where the only the major thing that was different it was more racially polarized now white people may not see that part because when they see it they're looking at happy days and all of this type of stuff and it just seemed like better times but because of the the fail the frailty of the american narrative that it has been skewed to white america it allows them to disappear us as you go back in time. Nobody ever thinks about, well, what was the impact on the black community? Because nobody at those times was highlighting the black community. So it's easy for them to, and you know, it's kind of like a dreamscape. It's easier for you to want for times that were better for your people in this and that without even thinking about how horrible those times were for a whole segment of the American population, which is why people like Vivek um, Ramaswamy have no appeal to me because I'm like, you're starting off on a false narrative and yep. you're building on it. You're talking about the American dream without talking about the educational capital that your parents came to this country with and that they did not come from the bottom of their culture. And by way of coming from you know, not just education, but higher education, you were able to tap into opportunities that have been made available to you in large part by the underclass in this country. But you can jump into that narrative just like Obama could and spin it out. And it resonates with people. But, you know, the difference is Cornell West starts with a reality. And until, you know, when you come to issues with RFK, and Ramaswamy and these other people about reparations, you have to approach it from a justice issue. But if you cannot look into the American historical narrative and re recast it in such a way that it is more accurate, then you're going to obviously fall into things that are distorted like race. And you know, that's why we have the fight over education and this and that, because again, Everything is emerging from narrative, and it is important to the um, people who pretend to lead the Republican Party to lean into a narrative that they know is predominantly white preference. So that's just the way that goes. The other thing I wanted well, to I speak just, um, add really quick about Vivek. Uh huh. He, he really does know well. He really does remind me of Barack Obama. Stylistically, Why? he does. Exactly. But, like but in the style. substance of his message, it's Trump-esque. Yep. He leans into those. So he is that hybrid of a, you know, Obama-esque looking stylist, but he has the substance of a Trump. And that's why his numbers are rising. He has what about him is Obama-esque? Huh? It's what about his, him is Obama-esque? He is very intelligent. He has a, a very good command of language. He's what does Harvard. he have the charisma of an Obama? He has a charisma of Obama to that constituency. See, no. you know, he appeals, Vivek Ramaswamy appeals to Trump based the same way Obama appealed to blacks. Yep. And so it's like, oh, you're polished, you you are the American dream, and you're speaking in ways that lean into us, not them. You're on the right side of all these issues. You won't criticize Trump. You won't call him wrong. You appear to attack the system. 
And you talk about ways he's talking about eliminating the Department of Education. And so you're thinking like that this. he's got more of an appeal to Trump voters than, say, a guy like DeSantis, who's running just on being anti-woke and is kind of obnoxious and lacks personality. Exactly. And, and let's be clear, in that anti-wokeness, there is a subtext of anti-black. Right. So, you know, that, that cord of race in this country through everything is just a matter of seeing it clearly and then moving from there. Mm-hmm. But, but whereas DeSantis has no veneer, he just goes straight to the, oh, we gonna retell the American history and say black folks benefited from slavery. Right. You know, he's just raw. He has no, no I see policy. what you're saying because if you're uh, voting for uh, Ramaswamy, Vivek, uh, you can hide behind the fact that he's of diverse ethnicity. Exactly. And so you can promote a racist message and say, well, look. Yes. This is the person I'm supporting. How could you say that I'm being racist? And as we see, he is um, white supremacy in brown face. Exactly. You know, and that's yeah. the that's the movement. You know, and you could argue Barack Obama was white supremacy and brown face as well. He was. That's right. You know, so in that way, they are similar, but they're cast out of a 21st century mold. And so that's why he's rising. And he, you know, he has a certain amount of savoir faire and, Mm -hmm. you know, this and that and blah, blah, blah. And he comes across as really believing what he says. DeSantis doesn't even sound like he really believes. He sounds like he is obtuse and he's just reading from a script. Exactly. And he because, always looks like he's uncomfortable. Yeah, with exactly. Because yeah. he doesn't believe it. But Vivek understands it. I don't think Vivek believes it any more than Trump, but he believes in that it is a powerful messaging to that base. But, you know, the other thing I wanted to um, segue to was Glenn, Glenn Greenwald. And I just want to say shame on him. Because... <laughs> You know, the bottom line is we saw what Trump did with our own eyes. Now, you cannot begin to recast the entirety, not just of January 6th, but the run up to it and the run down after it and say, oh, this is just freedom of his freedom of speech. Oh, my God. He just believed if you believe that the electoral process, something fraudulent happened, there is a way you approach those topics. You call for recounts. You call for examinations. You don't get on the phone and say, I need you to find 11,000 votes. That's not saying, oh, this whole entire thing was wrong and we need a recount to verify and this and that. You're saying, I just want these 11,780 votes because that would give me the win, which means at some point in your consciousness, you understood that you had lost. And let's not forget all of the testimony before the congressional committee where those people were saying, we told him, he knew, he understood. He was suggesting to Pence, you got to choose between me and the Constitution. And see, this is where we have not been helped by people like Pence who would not be forthright early on. This is where we are harmed in, quote unquote, this democracy with a Republican Senate that would not vote in enough numbers to impeach him based on 
his activities around January 6th. And then now to proclaim, ooh, he's not being treated equally under law. Well, goddamn, when has that been an issue? We got people being released from jail almost on a daily basis through these innocence projects that prove these people have spent decades of their lives in jail and were not guilty. But now, oh, it's a big issue because they're trying to make a political statement through Trump. Well, hell, they've made political statements about everybody else. And what the hell about Julian? You know, it's just so twisted. But, you know, here's the thing. The the um, young lady, Fanny in what is it? Fanny Williams. In, in, in Georgia. The D.A. I forget the woman's name. Yeah, but she has made a broad indictment and she's got all these co-conspirators. And so some of them may turn or else we just get to look at the evidence. You know, he would be king if allowed. And that is what is so dangerous. This man comes and just flouts the law, flouts everything, but he maintains a popularity because of what he represents to that base. And that is the personification of white supremacy. And it's that's Fanny why they Willis. cling to him. Fanny Willis. It's true. It's Fanny, Fanny, Willis. Fanny Willis. They just cling to him. And so, you know, but for Glenn Greenwald to bring his substance to it and try and make it seem like, oh, this is just such a trivial thing and they're persecuting Trump and this and that. And I'm like, boo, you know how the game is played. You know That's how true, this game is played. That is true. Uh, but Glenn Greenwald is right also, though. This is obviously a selective prosecution, purely political, because it, this class of people, they don't do this to each other. And but this is not purely political before. if you have done things that really were infractions against they the all, law. They, a lot of them have done things that were infractions that were but against that's, the law. But we can't go about that because if that's the case, let's go and open the books on everybody else. Well, we should. I mean, but, I, I think that but, Hillary Clinton should be indicted right but, now. But we have not. We but have we not. Have that's not. the point, though. That's and the point. So the issue that's why is, people are saying it's a selective political prosecution but though. they all have been selective if that's the case they have been they, they've so, selected not you know chosen but not here's to again, prosecute other people you may say it's selective but he did breach what he appears did, to but be they the have law. all done things like that and biden's been doing it too and but here's the thing pointing when, out that this is selective and when they asked political, him to send those records back he could have sent the record. Do we have a situation? Change. Do we have a situation where those other political figures who had documents refused to send them back? Do we Hillary have, Clinton smashed servers, destroyed servers. servers, but he didn't burn boxes. He refused to send them back. He was Look, talking with like his Trump people. Either, he was I, talking with his people at Mar-a-Lago to move the boxes. To destroy the footage from the cameras. I'm not against this person being convicted, prosecuted, put in jail in an orange jumpsuit. I have no problem with that because it's Trump. And I don't like Trump any more than I like Hillary or Biden or Barack Obama. But the fact is they didn't prosecute or indict any of those other people who arguably did stuff that was even worse than what Trump did. So who did worse than what not, Trump has done? 
Oh, Biden, for one, Hillary, for one. In terms of what they were asked to do to comply. They're all terrible. Uh, I agree they're all terrible, but let's let's not They're going after him because the the establishment does not like him. Pointing that out. But the issue, that's not not all the way true. That's not all the way true. He did do things. I know, say, but saying he's evil and corrupt and a white supremacist and horrible doesn't take away from the fact that this is a political prosecution. And saying that this is a political ideas. prosecution does not take away from the fact that he did things that appear well, to that's be. Right, but they have, like I said, all done the same thing. But all they done have similar, not done the same thing. They've done similarly corrupt things. You that can say have similarly corrupt, but in when the they were asked to give up documents. They turned them over. Not they were. She they smashed do, servers. We do not have footage. Biden still has documents. We, but have senator. they been requested? It doesn't. Uh, well, the, 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 the it does. They're all corrupt. This is a distinction without I, a difference. And in fact, the fact but is there that is a distinction. because because. Uh, these people were not prosecuted, but Trump is pointing out the fact that, look, A, Trump is a corrupt bastard and we hate him. Uh, it doesn't take away from the fact that this is obviously a political prosecution. We can hold Dwayne, two ideas you in our cannot at the same tell time. me. You cannot tell me that the entirety of what has happened since before January 6th and after all leads up to it's just a political thing. Oh, he's totally I innocent. I can say that there's no way that they would prosecute so, him if he so were what of I'm the establishment. Is, so what's the, and we can, what's the we need president, president in establishing that crimes. there is some political aspects to it when, first of all, we know that there are political aspects to everything. Well, it doesn't justify and it. That. And it depends upon who's in power. He right. should have been convicted on that second impeachment. That was political because the Republicans just simply refused to do it. And this was after we had Mitch McConnell and the, um, the other guy out of Carolina saying, oh, he's gone too far, this and that and this and that. But when it but came time to pull the trigger, they didn't. And it was but political. Does that justify their hypocrisy, though? So what I'm saying is... To scream, oh, this is a political thing. Everything that happens or does not happen to those elites is a political thing. It's true. That's true. But it doesn't justify selective prosecution of a political opponent. And you know what? And it's not justified to not prosecute. It's all the same swamp. Now you want to make an issue about how the swamp operates. The swamp is the swamp. Okay. Well, we shouldn't legitimize it me, uh, because it's completely incorrect. Nobody is legitimizing uh, anything, but it is no less illegitimate than the other things that this nation has done with rich and powerful people. Um, let me uh, just jump in here for just a second. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> um, so I, I, I hear where both of you are coming from. I guess like my response to this is like at the end of the day, all these people are corrupt and it just, it seems like they favor certain people depending on which way the wind blows, depending on which party needs power at that point in time. And I think I don't want us to get, you know, boggled down between like Democrat versus Republican. Cause at the end of the day, all these people are, are still protected. Trump is still going to be protected. 
um, whether he's found or not, he's still going to be protected. He has the money and the lawyers and the resources to be protected. Same thing with Hillary, same thing with Bill, um, et cetera. So I think, but totally you both of you guys are coming from. I just don't think we should be fighting with each other. We're not the problem. No, they're all evil. Can I? And, but uh, you know, we're not the good. problem. But Matt, the only point I'm making is the system is no more or no less corrupt in how it is handling him as how it handled the others. It's less. It's more. And corrupt. he has had his benefits from when his people were in control as well. So it is what it is. But my thing is, we have a history in this nation where a segment of people have been locked up for for decades, lost their lives, been lynched and everything else. But the issue that the system does not treat everybody fairly under the law becomes this great, big, enormous issue at this juncture. When we have seen with our own eyes and continue to see what this man is able to do, because nobody will stand firm and say, this is the line. This well, is the, the thing, line. Though, Noel, the reason but you know what, Dwayne, and let me say this. Let me, say let me finish, let me finish okay, my point ahead, and then you can finish yours. Okay, I don't appreciate ahead. you jumping in and creating an argument with me when everybody else just got to speak. So my point is, like I say, the system is corrupt in ways we know it to be corrupt. It is beneficial to the rich and powerful in all ways. And the system has missed you know, been misused and has been very detrimental to a certain segment of this population that nobody cares about. And for this argument to be made at this juncture, to me, is just ludicrous. Well, here's the thing about that being ludicrous. Uh, this is a blatantly political prosecution. And Trump, whether you like him or not, and I don't like him, I want to make this perfectly clear. Glenn Greenwald doesn't like him either. Trump has millions and millions of Americans who support him precisely because he's anti-establishment. And that's why the establishment has targeted him for a selective, purely political prosecution. Now, we need to talk about that because these people are being actively disenfranchised in what is supposed to be a democracy because the establishment does not like Donald Trump. Now, I don't like Donald Trump. But some of the things that are the reasons why he has that constituency who are being actively disenfranchised, uh, we agree with as progressives. For example, he opposes the Ukraine war. There's a lot of other things about him but that are horrible. But that's one of the things that has caused him to have a, a huge constituency in this country. Now, should all those people be disenfranchised by a, a blatantly political prosecution just because he's a scumbag. No, look, they are all scumbags. So let's remove that. They're all corrupt. Let's remove that from the, from the consideration. Think about the fact that this is blatantly political, that he has many people who, are, who, are, who are, he represents, a constituency of people who support him, and they know that it's blatantly political. That's why this is not a good thing, because we're supposed to be a democracy and because people are being actively disenfranchised. Whether we agree with them or not in a democracy, they've got an opinion, and we do agree with some of their opinions, obviously. Um, so should this be ha going forward like this? This is a sign of a corrupt system that we have ha have this. And we need to talk about that because this is going to be us next time. It's him now. 
But the next time we have somebody the establishment doesn't like, they're going to cherry pick all kinds of bullshit when they have put forth people who are much more corrupt or equally corrupt. So, and and but they went along with the establishment. And here, if we're advocating this, ah, it's okay because we have inequality in the entire justice system. We have to let this go because you know he's a scumbag. Well, Glenn Beck was a scumbag. They censored him. Now they're censoring everybody in social media. This is where that leads. So we have to stand firm on this, even if the guy is a reprehensible prick and a misogynist and a fascist, and I despise him. I can't stand him. I can't. So I couldn't stand Glenn Beck either. Yeah, so I thought we was talking about Trump. I was just going to add. Um, I don't know if everybody saw this, but Glenn Beck actually was just removed from Apple Podcast. There you go. Here it goes. They're going to remove everybody. This is terrible. All of his shows. I'm going to because they're anti-establishment. This is not this about an easy target. This is not about the millions of people who get disenfranchised if he's poorly it what about the millions of people who get disenfranchised if he is not prosecuted that doesn't justify disenfranchising but here's the thing you can't you can't say if you do this and it disenfranchises them it's a big issue but if you don't do it and it disenfranchises me oh that's nothing no, it's that's not, not the way it works. To not, justice, to not prosecute him. Justice, not... justice is supposed to be blind. And, yes, the issue is, and the issue is, has this man committed acts that appear They've to be They've all committed in those acts. That's but why see, you can't say it's but blind. But see, here you go, Dwayne, that's whataboutism. Well, what it's about this? Well, what about this? What about this? About that. The, okay? is, the issue is, the issue is, has this man committed acts that appear to be in breach of the law? But we're not talking about they all right now. No, we we're are. talking about him. No, we're talking we're about, talking about him. Why He's is there a different standard seat. for him than for everyone? See, it's been a different standard for all no, of them. We need to consider the fact that the, the reason why... We need to consider the fact whether this is man because the he's a, against the establishment. The establishment doesn't like him. He is That's not completely against the establishment. Oh, yes. The, why the do they want to do this then? They're doing he this because he is. He is against the establishment to the degree that it is counter to him. No. He's, he's counter to the entire... He's counter to the military industrial complex. You know what? You know what? Believe what you want to believe, Dwayne, and so will I. That's what he said. That's he just, said he wants that's peace just with the Russia. End of the, that's just the end. Because you're not going to tell me this They're man is completely against the establishment. They're targeting him because he is... Okay. They target everybody. War I just said I was going to... Oh, alrighty. I, I just want to make sure we can bring in some of the other people. And Noel, I'll come back well, to you because you know, I know you weren't finished what you were saying, but... Savvy, I wanted to say something too, though, to you before, because I had the audio problem and I couldn't get in. I wanted to say, Savvy, you so often, I'm so happy that you got 50,000 subscribers and it's because I love, I love this show. You are so incisive. I cannot tell you how many times and I've said it in the chat. You basically say in a more concise way, in a more eloquent way, exactly what it is that I'm thinking. And it really is great because it's so cathartic to hear somebody speak exactly what I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, what I think. And you do it like with, with, with such concision and so eloquently. I just love the fact that you 
are blowing up and I love that this show is going to, is, is getting bigger and bigger. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. And I'm, I really want to congratulate you. I just wanted to say that because that was the whole reason why I wanted to get in today. I wanted to say something about RFK too, but I'll let other people talk because, uh, uh, you know, we've been going back and forth here. Oh, thank you so much. My that pleasure. I'm so happy to, that I'm so, so happy you were on. You were just, you know, I, I just really love the show. And I, I can't tell you, like I said, how many times I'm thinking a thought and I, you know, and you put it into words and you just say, it, I'm like, you nailed it. That's perfect. Exactly, exactly what I was <laughs> trying to say in my awkward way. So I just want you to know that I'm, so, I'm really happy for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Dwayne. Sure. Um, Lance, I'm going to bring you in really quick, and then I'll come back to you, Noel. What's going on, Lance? Hey, Sabrina. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Hey, how are you? Hi, um, you can hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, so I got my first zap of radiation and chemo, and I wouldn't be bringing it up if I was going to be all depressed about it, but I'm doing good. It's all going good. I mean, no big side effects, and I'm very got a positive attitude, so here we go on to this merry-go-round. But anyway, I just wanted to say congratulations on the milestone, and I've said this before, and I don't tell all the other wonderful people that I like, you're the best of the best. There's just no question about it, you know. I just wanted to say that, you know. Oh, that's really sweet. I appreciate that, Lance. I still can't believe it, you guys. Like, I really can't. I can't. Like, my my husband told me. Actually, I didn't tell him um, until when he got home from work. Um, <laughs> I told him about it. And he was like, babe, congratulations. And I was like, oh, thanks so much. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of shocked, like, to be honest, because I, I never really thought that... Uh, I never really thought the show would get any attention. <laughs> it's only the beginning. You're going, you're going to, it's just going to keep going up and up and up. It's Abby. <laughs> yeah. Believe me. It's, it's, I mean, the passion, the education, the receipts, the things that you bring up about like how people that are lefties are going to these conferences of right wingers and like with Alec, I mean, the stuff you dig up. I mean, it's stuff that, and I, you know, I, I will say I scoured YouTube or, you know, the internet and I read a lot of stuff and you're coming up with stuff that's like, where is she got some good sources? So, I mean, you know, and the passion and all of it, I mean, you're just the whole package. I don't know what can I say. You're just great. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. My mom, um, I, I told, oh shit. I didn't tell my, I didn't tell my mom. I forgot to tell my parents <laughs> about this. Oh yeah. They're probably like, cause my mom always has this running theme where she's like, no, you did not tell me that because apparently like sometimes I'll tell my dad stuff and I'll just assume that I told both of them and I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, I told you about it. And she's like, no, you did not tell me that. You must've told that to your father. <laughs> you better hurry up and call her before she hears it from a third party and then she'll be pissed. <laughs> that is what you call a daddy's girl. Yeah. <laughs> but I assume, you know, my mom is always out and about. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. But my mom, like, after, you know, my parents, they're they're empty nesters, right? So, you know, after me and my sister, like, moved out and stuff, like, my parents, like, um, my dad is, I think this is last year, and then he's going to retire in December from the post office. And my mom doesn't work because my mom has a disability. But my mom is, she can't work because she has the disability, but my mom physically 
she can go out and about. Like, does that make sense? So like my mom is never home, like never home. But at the same time, answer her cell phone. And somebody <laughs> explained this to me. Because I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this and I was like, does your mom answer her cell phone? I said, mom, why do you have a cell phone? You never answer the phone. She's like, unlike you, Sabrina, I don't take the phone into every room with me when I'm moving around. I was like, then why you got a cell phone? But she'll also leave it at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad, well, my, you dad the retired, my, my dad retired from the post office. Uh, he worked at the one across the street from uh, Penn Station, Madison Square Garden for, for years. So he would just take the Long Island Railroad in, easy commute, take it in, walk across the street, work. He worked overnight and get back on the train, come back home. Mm. See, I told you we're, we're probably related, Sabrina. Your dad worked in the post office? My, my dad. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. You know, the post office got, you know, there's a lot of people did some miles at the post office now. Like, but, um, but yeah, my mom, I don't understand that. I'm just like, mom, why you got a cell phone that you don't answer? Come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> she'd just be like, I'm not glued to my phone like your generation. Right. Yeah, but like we would say, it doesn't make it no sense. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she took a dig at, at your generation. She did. She did. She said, when I was coming up, and they, my parents still do this. When I was coming up, some people say back in my day, but they say, when I was coming up, we used to do this, 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 and this. And, you know, like my parents grew up. So when you grow up poor, you have to learn how to create your own fun. You have to make your own fun. That's just what my mom used to say. Yeah. She did. She, she said those exact words. She's like, we didn't need to go out and do part of this and that. We, we made our own fun. I mean, she literally. <laughs> That's right. They they create their own fun. So like my parents used to um they tell me stories about like, yeah, we used to play this game called da 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 this and we used to make this and make that. She's like, you gotta learn how to, you know, make things and stuff like that. So I remember I took home mech in middle school and um they taught us how to use a sewing machine and like we made these little tote bags and stuff like that. They also taught us how to make like Canadian bacon pizza, which is so random because I never had Canadian bacon after that. It was just just that home home assignment. But um, it's just interesting sometimes. Like you can learn so much. Like, and I don't know everyone's relationship with yeah. their parents today, but you can learn so much just from listening to the generation before you. You know. Hell yeah! But what's up, Lance? You know, I, certainly wasn't what I was going to talk about. So I'll make this super quick. My parents, okay, we had we lived in Philly and people always wanted to come down. It was like, Dad, we got to go look at the Liberty Bell again. Like, yep. So it was all fun, though. And we had two families that came in, a, 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 my uncle and aunt, and then my um, some friends that we had do from Pittsburgh. They did a shotgun wedding for Halloween. They had a guy that was like my Uncle Frank was not very attractive, six feet tall. He was the bride, you know, with a pillow under. The, 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 I mean, it was crazy, right? And they did a shotgun wedding. I mean, and, and the, the flower girl was um, uh, Mr. Hagen, like 6'4". He wasn't fat, but like super tall in a dress, you know, throwing the flower petals. I mean, it was just crazy, right? So, I mean, that's how much fun they, they were. My parents were great, you know, uh, that way. But um, anyway, 
quick point on the other thing you were talking about. I know you don't want to go back to that, but you know what? One thing is just because the other guys are all swamp monsters, you don't say, well, let them all go free. If people have been committing this guy, oh, we're going to go after this guy for murder. Well, wait a minute. You let all these other people get away with literal murder, Obama with drone strikes or, uh, or, uh, you know, a W with, uh, with the Iraq war. So yeah, you know, it's, it's part of the game. So, you know, I say let's start a trend and then let's start impeaching every motherfucking president until we get it straight. You know, so it's, huh? That won't happen. Well, I'm not saying it will happen. A lot of things that won't happen that should happen. But the idea that we should say that all these other people, that all these other people before Trump were, you know, they were just as guilty. I'm going to make one other point about Nixon, but it's like, well, then let's, let's get, let's do it right. Let's start doing it right and not say, well, we can't do it to this guy because we didn't do it to all the other guilty people that should have been brought under the Hague, uh, you know, international court of law. But to to just finish that, the point I was going to make on that, because you don't want to dwell on that all night. Elizabeth Holzman was the D.C. representative. She was brilliant, probably one of the smartest people in Congress when she was there, even though she couldn't vote, sadly. Nixon was not impeached until he broke into the D.C. headquarters. She said the same thing that people said about Trump with the emoluments clause and all the stuff he did there. That was real impeachable. And they went after him for a lot of other things. So the Nixon impeachment, he should have been impeached. His own people said, you got to go. Goldwater went up and said, you're done. Good, goodbye. So it's not like he shouldn't have been impeached, but it was a political reason. He did so many other things before that with the secret bombing of Cambodia. Oh, she, she lists about seven or eight things. They only went after Nixon after he broke into the Democratic National Committee headquarters. And that's her talking. So, you know, yeah, it's always political, but just because it's political and just because he's anti-establishment don't mean he ain't guilty as you know what. When he asked for a certain number of votes, sorry, Glenn, if he sent me all the but when he asked for a specific, he asked for a specific number of votes. That's proof that he only wanted to do it just to win. It had nothing to do with principle. So I didn't want to go all out. I just want to make that to back up what Noel saying. So she's a thousand percent right, in my opinion. Well, in my opinion, in my opinion, selective targeting of political opponents sets us on a road where we become a banana republic. And if you justify it in this case, you're going to allow the establishment to do it again. Okay, so and this next time, so, Nixon, so based on that Cornell argument, West. okay, it'll be Cornell yeah, but you know West what? Then. I understand that. I understand well, that you know, it'll be. You wouldn't, you yeah, yes, I do. Because I was going to say, even if it's Cornell West, not that I want to see him impeached, but he won't be successfully impeached because he'll be innocent. Okay, so I don't think That's that the, the he's going to do They'll that. Still go no, after him based upon some bullshit right now. So you're saying, okay, so Dwayne, 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 Dwayne based on that right argument. No, okay, based on that argument. They're already going. After him, that's okay. a selective political prosecution too. Based on your argument, Nixon should, should not have been impeached. Based Nixon on should my not argument, have... we should be consistent, is what I'm saying, and we're not. Well, okay, therefore Nixon. Okay, if you believe it, Elizabeth, keep on doing. Oh. If we let it go, that's my point. Okay, and so Nixon is going to be us, not some wait, guy wait, like wait. Trump. I'm sorry. Well, based on your argument, Dwayne, then Richard Nixon should not have been impeached. No, that's because not they my argument. My argument is that. But it was a political. It was the DNC headquarters. Okay, um, I'm just why saying. We, uh, why don't we let one person me speak talk. at a time? Because, like, I don't think. I, well, Dwayne Lance was here. talking at first, though. Yeah, yeah I was responding but, to his point. Can, but, I, can but, I please uh, respond to his point? His point is wrong. It's a blatantly political prosecution. Unlike Richard Nixon, when it was obvious to everybody he was a criminal, since then we've deviated from the course. We've stopped but it was prosecuting presidents. Can I finish? We've stopped prosecuting presidents who commit crimes. 
He was impeached and he left office. He resigned. Then Ford pardoned him. Since then, nobody's been held accountable for their crimes in office until Trump. And the reason why we're doing it is because the establishment doesn't like him. You can debate whether he is or is not anti-establishment. The point is that there's several key reasons why they are doing this and going after him that have to do with the fact that they don't think he's pro-establishment. So they're going after him. If we justify that, the next time when it's one of our guys, we'll have no base on which to complain or a register well, a complaint or, or object. Uh, you're glossing over my point. I just said Trump time. did a lot of guilty things. They didn't go after him That's for the stuff the he point. was guilty His guilt of. is not an issue. His guilt is not an issue. The fact is that so many presidents come down the pike who've done all kinds of horrible shit. We had Hillary destroy records that were supposed to be produced. She didn't do it. Even Biden, who's still in office right now, he has records that he never produced. If we're going to look, we have to be consistent and we have to call it out when they are not consistent. Okay, okay, okay. But what you're saying is what you're saying is all these other people. We cannot be hypocrites. Okay. It'll backfire on us. Okay. Okay, what you're saying is we've let all these people off the hook for all the bad stuff no, they did. Not, so we have yeah, to be right. consistent. Hello, can I now respond? You're saying, hey, all these people are guilty of so much stuff, and there's all been guilty in Hillary with this and W with the war or whatever, you know. So we got to be consistent. So all these other people did all these horrible things. We got to let this guy off the hook, too. And, Dwayne, with all due respect, you're glossing over the point, unless you want to just argue with Elizabeth Holzman's point. She said, like they said with Trump, lots of stuff he could have been impeached on, but they only only went after Nixon for political reasons. They, it's when, only when he broke into his people, the weathermen, broke into the DNC headquarters. So if that was a political witch hunt, too. It's always like that. Not a witch hunt, but that was, poli- I'm sorry, not a political witch hunt, but it was politically motivated. It wasn't a witch hunt. It was real. But it was a politically motivated impeachment. And they, they got him on that instead of the other stuff he was guilty of. But he was guilt. Wait a minute. Nixon was guilty of plenty of impeachable stuff. They went after him for a political thing, and he deservedly got kicked out. Trump did a lot of horrible things that he could have been impeached on. Whatever the motive of this selective prosecution, they went after Trump maybe for political stuff. But just like Nixon, he should be impeached for all the other things he did with the Emoluments Club. But we're going to agree to disagree. We can go back an hour on Savvy's show. I don't. Yeah, I just, I just want to say, um, I also just want us to keep in mind, there are other people, um, waiting in the queue. So I'm, I'm just, just saying, let's, let's try to be uh, mindful of that. Lance, I'm going to invite could, you to. Could speak, I just, I just um, want to make, if I could, just the, the one point that I want to make. So I, Lance, I invited you as a speaker. So, um, you have to accept. Yeah, I just want to make one other, um, just point and then shut the heck up. Yeah, yeah. So should I wait? Or yeah, I just want to, this is the thing I wanted to talk about was Go this whole thing in Hawaii. Really, I'll make it after, brief. One yeah, second, yeah, yeah. After Lance That's, is done, Dwayne, after Lance is done, let me bring in the next person because we're not oh, going to move yeah. along. Cue if we don't. Okay. So the, I, I see that we're just, it, this is something that like I was looking at Chris Hedges thing about like how uh, we don't understand the pathology of the rich and the, the, the 10% that aspire to that. Very, very briefly. When I came up, as you say, when I, you know, I, I went to school with a very mixed, it was in the city. It wasn't like a big rich suburb, but 
the richest neighborhood, the, the richest people in the city were my classmates. And when we played basketball, nobody cared. And when we all put our Cub Scout uniforms on, we all dressed the same. So they went on to their fancy schools and they went on to owning like my best friend, John Drescher, to owning daddy's business eventually, you know, and a very successful, you know, very big company that sell livestock feed. But they, they, they had a connection to regular people. Now you've got two generations of like suburbanite people have no empathy and they, they don't, they don't, they can't be empathetic. I just want to really quickly, these people in, Hawaii, how beautiful are those people, you know, in that community that are helping each other and doing the thing. But the leaders, the leaders, can't they just say, now I realize you're not going to say I was criminally negligent. I was in Oahu at a conference. I should have come back sooner. We should have done that. I should have. No, you're not going to put yourself in a position to go to jail. I understand that. But can't can't these people do the collective? We we blew it. We messed up. We're going to do better next time. They defended the no siren and the, the reporter was apoplectic. Well, because, see, we have to ask and it is true to state coordinate stuff, but there's the federal, the state, and the local. The state tells the federal, and then the federal tells the local. They all get together, eight or ten of them, to decide, literally sitting in a room where all they had to do was go boop and press the button, literally. And they said, no, we couldn't do it until we talked to 12 other bureaucrats. And the woman says, but the fires were raging. You knew that. Why not just press the button and worry about if you did some bureaucratic, you're not going to go to jail. No, 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 we have to do it by protocol. So they're defending it like we're going to do it again next time. The other thing is the guy when the, uh, with the water. I mean, talk about woke. Oh my God. They didn't want to, they didn't want to waste the water or they wanted to, this isn't what the water keepers that should be running the show, the indigenous people in the water protected. They should be running the EPA and every, every other environmental group. And I don't say that patronizingly. I say it because they got the facts and the, the passion and all that. These, but this guy wanted to save the water. So they didn't release the water till it was too late. What I'm saying is that these people have been raised with protected 99.9% bacterial stuff. They've been protected in helicopters. They've been told that they're good. Don't you dare work with your hands. That's blue collar. I wonder how they feel now when they have $170,000 in debt and they see Teamsters truck drivers making $170,000 a year. Hello. But, you know, we go to college and you're going to do the right thing. They've been protected and coddled their whole life. They've been told you're never wrong. They've been told you never lose. You get a trophy for anything. These are the people running our country. They're not, they, they, it's just not in them. In other words, they can't admit they're wrong. They've been told they're always right about everything. They will never be told different. They're all offended, say we did everything right, like they're trying to say in Hawaii. It's just sick. And I'm waiting for Biden to go down and tell the guy who learned how to do uh, disaster management online. I'm waiting for a, for a Biden moment when he goes, heck of a job, Brownie. Remember that guy? He raised horses for a living, and that's how he got his job. That's what we have now running our country. It's got nothing to do with meritocracy, so that goes out the window. It's like, And these people, they don't have empathy, even if they wanted to, because they've never been connected to anybody poor, and they've always been told that they're Esther don't stink and that they're the greatest things in sliced bread and they don't know how to deal with being wrong any more than they know how to do conflict resolution. So. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much, Lance. Uh, Amanda, you're next. If you go ahead and unmute and then I'll go to Brady and then we'll bring in Daniel. What's up, Amanda? Hey, congratulations, Miss Sabrina. I can't even pronounce you. So please say your whole name for me. Oh, Salvati. Salvati. I'm an Anna Clario, so I just, I'm sensitive about last names being properly pronounced. So congratulations on 50,000. I, I hope the next 10 is even faster than the last 10, because I think that you are one of the smart voices on in independent news, and, and it's necessary that we have independent news. I, 
I Jamanda. originally called in. You're very welcome. And, and thank you for continuing to be here on call in for those of us who really appreciate the ability to have these kinds of conversations. Um, because many of your compatriots are no longer here and and doing shows, so I want to acknowledge the time that you take and the and the way you manage your show. It's it's it's. I hope that you get something out of it because I know that that your listeners do. I know. I'll speak for myself. I do. So thank you for that. I originally called in because um, all of the talk of all you know I. So if you're a dem, if you're if you're if you live in a state that allows almost you don't have to be a registered Democrat to vote in the Democratic primary, and if you're not registered as a Democrat, you should go and vote for anybody but Biden, whether it's Marianne or RFK, because then Biden can't claim that he has some kind of mandate because all of these people voted for him. I think that's one thing we could be doing to send a message. It doesn't mean that Marianne or K are going to win because they're not. And it doesn't mean that we think that the Democrats should be in office because, frankly, I don't think they should be. And the only thing I would warn against is if you are going to vote in the, in the Green Party primary, make sure that voting in the Democratic primary doesn't exclude you from voting in for Cornell West in the Green Party because the more votes that he gets in every state, regardless of if he actually has a chance to win or not in November of 2024, the more votes that he can get, the better position the Green Party will be in for future candidates. And I hope that people are going to um, looking toward, even though we know that that Cornell West may not win. I mean, imagine the kind of cabinet that he could put together. And and one of the things I heard somebody say was that Cornell West is in a unique position and he better demand something from Biden if Biden's worried about Cornell West taking votes away from the Democrats. He should ask for something because just raising the issues is not enough. And I, I really hope that he does do that. I think RFK, the issues he brings forward when people take the time to listen to him, he's not a good presidential candidate, but his positions on the things he's passionate about, I think are the right ones for the most part. Israel aside, Israel is a, and, and as presidential candidate, should be better about foreign policy. I'm not going to argue that, but I'm also not going to spend any time thinking about whether RFK should be the Democratic candidate because I don't want a Democrat and I don't want a Republican. I don't want either one. Amen. So that's where I'm at with that. And that's why I originally called in because of all the talk about RFK this and RFK that. I mean, evaluate him if you want, but to me that's kind of a waste of time for those of us who've said we're giving up the duopoly because we know that it's bad. We know that it's not going to do anything for any of us. I mean, shit, Trump gave us way better, way better help and support than Biden did. Biden took back some of the things he promised and Trump just kept giving things. I mean, I'm not a Trumper. 
But if you just look at the solid facts of it, the Democrats are not just doing worse. They're like, they're not the lesser evil anymore, I don't think. And that makes me sad. I, I grew up with Democratic parents. I grew up, my first, my first presidential campaign was, was Dukakis. And I mean, I didn't want to vote for Dukakis. That guy seemed like a dweeb. But I didn't want to vote for the Republican because I was raised right, you know? Anyway, I'm going to get out of line because I want to let, let everybody else have their, have their moment here for you. But I, I really appreciate you, Sabby, and, and the opportunity to have and listen to these conversations. Thanks so much, Amanda. All right, Brady, you're up next. Likewise, this is therapeutic. We appreciate you, Savvy. <laughs> Congratulations to the whole network. Uh, shame on everyone who hasn't already joined yet. Like, what's going on? Where Where's everybody at? Like, I kind of, I kind of want. I'm like, I'm surprised. Like, this is this is all you got so far. This is these numbers aren't adding up. We need to. They need to get with the program. I've been I've been sharing you with my friends, and they've been reluctantly kind of jumping on the political train, closer to election season. So, uh, keep up the good work. And uh, one of the best lessons I've learned from Dr. West is a lesson he got from W.E.B. Dubois about paideia, which he describes as, he has really good words for it, better than I do. It's a deep transformative education characterized by self-interrogation, fearless speech, and it's the formation of attention, which means attending to the things that matter. Uh, kind of like a triage situation. I think we learned tonight that it's very easy to get derailed and distracted by all kinds of things. And it's very important to keep our eyes focused on progress and moving forward. And what direction is forward? I think a lot of people don't even seem to know these days. And so uh, now that you've got all these uh, subscribers, congratulations. Um, uh, how do we all, how can, how can all of us, Dr. West better. I'm a, I see a couple of uh, criticisms of Dr. West in the chat that I actually agree with, that he needs to be a little more aggressive and uh, on certain things. And it would be interesting to see him uh, have some more solid solutions, maybe uh, written out in a platform so that he has more of a solid platform. Um, but outside of that, we love him. And, um, of course I'm going to be, I was wondering, do you think it would be possible to vote for like Ron DeSantis in the primaries and then vote Dr. West in the <laughs> actual election just to make, That's just to make funny. Donald look more like the feckless <laughs> angel he is? That's funny. That's, that's very funny. Um, I don't think, uh, yeah. So in, in reference to, um, Dr. West in solutions, Dr. West will be back on the show next Tuesday. And next Tuesday, I'll be going live at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, instead of uh, 7 to accommodate Dr. West. And um, I'll ask him about all those things. So we'll get to hear from him. His campaign doesn't officially launch until the end of this month. So just letting everybody know. Um, but yeah, like we'll ask him more about those things. What's up, Daniel? Oh, hi there. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um. I, uh, gosh, where do I want to start? Um, I guess when it comes, you guys were talking earlier about the boondocks. I, uh, I was watching one of their commentaries on where they brought back, uh, Martin Luther King back to life. 
they actually did some real research into that guy and they got him down pat. So they don't, I know it's all sarcasm, but the people behind that show do research. Um, I wanted to bring uh, the story back to two books um, I've read and one I'm currently reading. It's called The King in Orange by John Michael Greer. And he's going into how not just how Trump got elected, but the um, the things behind Trump and the the things that we are ignoring as society, such as it's not just the one percent versus the ninety nine percent. It is the wage class versus the salary class, which the salary class always aligns with the investor class. Not always. Yeah, but no, not not always. I was part of the salary uh, class, and I we did. I did not. You know, a lot of us quit. Yeah, but he gets into that stuff, and I noticed that as we're talking about Trump here, he has this, um, he, he, he writes his blog called Ecosophia. And in his blog, there's one that comes out with the, and he also writes this about in the book called Hate is the New Sex. And he's referring to how sex was a uh, bad thing during the Victorian times to where even Kellogg created Kellogg cereal to you know, stop you from masturbating and doing this evil thing. Well, in this time, he notices that um, in today's world that we're we're to, we need to stop this hate. We need to end this hate. And in so many ways, as the Victorians were so against sex, we're doing the same things, but with hate. Like, and we see that against Trump, like love Trump's hate and stuff like that. And look at the, for the, 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 the virile and nonstop coverage that the media does just because they hate him. And they're trying to say, see, we need to stop this hate. And unfortunately, I can't do a good job of describing it. I think you really should have this guy on your podcast to explain this stuff more or at least read the book first before he comes on what's his name again uh john michael greer um i'm gonna write down his book again in the comments but it's his what he's a prolific writer he was at a uh head of the american druid organization until about 2012 i think he has this prolific life, and he's been writing uh, about the fall of civilization, the fall of the American Empire, all this stuff since I heard about him over 10 years ago and then some. And I thought that people would be interested in reading that book and understanding his ideals and bringing them to the forefront. That sounds um, good. That sounds good. I mean, I have, um, I can, I can add that person to the list. Cause there's a, I know a lot of people I need to reach out to. 
Yeah. Before I go, um, you know that uh, whistleblower that just testified before Cong- uh, Congress and how he was, you know, put into that mental um, – that he was had this mental breakdown? Um, that's nothing new. Um, the, I'm trying to think of the guy that, you know, testified, hey, we have craft. I talked to these people. They they tell you this we have we have alien craft. Yeah. Um, um the book is called Um Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind by Nick Redford. And read that book and then look at what they're doing now. I bet the next thing that's gonna happen to this guy, he's just gonna commit suicide. Oh look, a crazy guy telling how he had alien craft and oh look he committed suicide. I guess there's nothing to it, huh? Wow. I'll have to check that out. Uh, I'm going to leave the two books in the uh, comments section for you guys to check out. Um, but check those two books out and perhaps even have um, John Michael Greer on your show. I can do that. I can look into that. All right. Let's see if I can... I can- Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, and congratulations I, for your 50,000. Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to pivot really quick back to Noel and then Case. Noel, I know you weren't finished what you were saying, so I wanted to go back to you. I'll defer to Ruben so we can get through the um, callers. Okay. All right, so Ruben, what's up? Just got to unmute. Hello. Hey, how are you? Uh, hi, um, happy 50K subscriber. Um, Thank you. Sabe, of course, of course. Um, I'm not sure, but um, have you checked X or Twitter? You know what? It's still funny to me when it's called X. That's why, I, like... <laughs> I have to think about it for a second. Um, checked it when? Like a couple of minutes ago, because what's his face? Um, that war criminal by name of Blinken. He um, he had like a tweet. Um, well, I was just um, checking on it like a couple of seconds ago. And he said about um, about what's going on in Pakistan, the isolations for this one new guy, democracy, blah, blah, blah. And then um, he got fact-checked. Like... Um, I think Al Jazeera <laughs> fact checked him, and I'm like I I just posted it up on my IG, and um, and also on my TikTok. Oh yeah, talking about TikTok. Oh my gosh, um, it's kind of like a little bit. I'm well, I'm scared. I wanted I um I don't know why, but um, Scared because you're, you're scared um, of what? I wanted to like um of like you know this whole censorship thing. Um, it I whenever um the whole coup happened in 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 Niger and I and I wanted to like you know inform people that like that it's not about democracy, it's about uranium. Now it's about um, a crude oil pipeline. Um, I went on TikTok and I said, hey, remember when? 
Kennedy arrives and Hillary Clinton said that like the reasons why we go to other countries and continents is because of X, Y, and Z, and they and and they list resources. Tell me why when I when I I I I, I, I did like a three minute type of TikTok reel and when I wanted um and when I edited it, TikTok literally cut the sound after I said um both 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 women's names and they cut the sound um when I said country and continent and then and then and then the sound went back on so it was like very scary um interesting yeah so basically I was just like just 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 taken aback for a little bit I'm like okay maybe my ears went out or maybe it's a technical issue and then i redid this video the same thing and i went to edit before posting it on tiktok and still they cut the sound when i said country and continent because this was still when this um when the coup in Niger was still going on and um I said, oh my gosh, this is very scary. So I had to like nix that away and um, gave myself a couple of days because that shit was very scary. Um, Only on the edited portion, um, on the edited, um, on editing my TikTok before I post it up, that's when, you know, the sound gets cut off and it was like, literally, they censored country and continent. That's interesting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Something weird and, happened with uh with Rumble. I meant to tell you guys this. Something weird happened with Rumble where like someone contacted me and said one of my Rumble live streams, they said once I started he said it cut out once I started talking about the billionaires. I was like, What? He was like, Yeah, I was like, that's weird because that live stream is full on YouTube and he said it cut out fifty minutes. Once you started talking about the billionaires, your live stream cut out. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. No. It's. It's. It is scary. Um. I don't know. I just. Yeah. Can I just say thank you for saying that because like I felt crazy for so many years and like I swear it's like my internet will work fine until I start doing radical political stuff and then everything starts going haywire. And I thought I was crazy for a long time until I heard other people saying something about it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. But, um, it's like, don't get me wrong. Like it's, um, I am like, right. Like right now I'm in an emotional situation because I'm trying to like keep my faith up and meaning up. I like, drove by like after I got like after I got off from work I'm like should I go to church because there's a few church open like that are open and then we had this like this hurricane coming to Los Angeles Southern California is like the first one in like since 1939 and people are like rushing to get like food and supplies um and I just keep thinking why are these evil people like censoring things and and what happened over in like Maui and Hawaii, it's like my faith is so low. Like it's like I I I, I really want to cry, but then I'm like I'm too tired to cry too. And so I'm like <sighs> trying to like 
keep keep up my own faith here too. Hello. Yeah, I had a hard time hearing you at the end there, Ruben. Oh, sorry. No, I just um with what like with everything going on, like it it's like I'm I'm like losing like I'm like up and down with my faith right now. Yeah, I mean these are it's really hard right now. Um, it's really like tough times, and I think that um it's kind of hard sometimes to be hopeful when things just seem kind of dim. Um, mm -hmm. but you you still have to like have that hope even if it's just a smidgen of hope if that makes sense you know yeah yeah no I'll try anyways um thank you i mean yeah thank you for like answering my call and also congratulations on your 50k subscribers and the reason why i listen to you um because you have like a longer format even on like call-in so you know sometimes like Brie has a shorter call-in and Katie as well, but then I'm at work, but with you, it's a longer call-in and, you know, like I said, congratulations on your 50K. Hopefully it goes up to 100. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ruben. Um, yeah, this call-in, we're going to have to wrap up in 30 minutes, by the way, because um, I do have an appointment this morning. Um, let's go ahead to Case and then Diana, I'm going to bring you in. So Case Study QB is in the his house. What's, What's going on? Much love to you, Sabby. Much love to the chat. Much love to everybody. Oh man, 50K, that's a big deal. I'm glad I got my Sabby shirt early before it got too expensive and <laughs> can't afford it anymore. So hopefully I get it signed by you once I meet you in person, then it could be really you know, I could I could retire off of that one, but uh, <laughs> oh, Case, thanks so much. I, I know it's a lot of hard work. Oh, wait, Roger, want to say something? Go ahead. This is my it time, Roger. Be... What's wrong with you? No, that was just like <laughs> it won't be long before she, she until she forgets about us and be like, I don't need y'all no more. I'm on cloud nine, y'all are peasants. I'm up here. <laughs> Who are you? I don't know you anymore. That will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Savvy's gonna get that Roger Meadows, um, not Roger Meadows. What's the guy, the the um, Plink Floyd the guy that donated thirty thousand to the to the um, Gray Zone? Oh, Roger Waters. Waters, he gonna get that thirty six, and then Roger's gonna be. We're gonna have our own call in without Savvy. We're like, Savvy should have donated thirty six million dollars to whoever it is, the next person. I was Roger. I was like, that's too much money. When you said Roger, Roger Waters should donate like thirty six million. Or so. I was like, that man. Roger Waters money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Savvy. Back to Savvy. So, um, I, I want to give you kudos again for for definitely doing. Uh, these call-ins because it's definitely a great outlet for us political junkies for us to be able to talk things out and it's a safe space for us to even have um contentious you know discord even like you know the one that was happening earlier but it's all i think hopefully at the end of the day we all know we're all family this is all in love and Amen, we're not case. going to cancel yeah we're not going to cancel each other this is about no. the 99 percent i love noel i love noel yeah Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And um, and the last thing I want to say is that you, you put a lot of hard work. I know that we don't see all the work that you put into it, the consistency, you know, that you put into it. And even letting us know, hey, I'm going to be off this week 
or this day because I'm going away. You have to take your vacation time, but you always keep us informed. That's one thing that I learned when I started doing clips very early on. Like if I went on vacation, one time I went on vacation and it was like the third day, somebody's like, hey, where's Case QB? That's oh shoot, I got I got to still let people know when I'm away so that they know not to expect clips. So I really appreciate the hard work that you put into it. And that's why you're at the 50K because of all the hard work. So much love to you, Sabby. Oh, Case. Well, Case, um, I'm going to go to Diana in just a second, but I have to give you a shout out because I don't know if I could do it without your clips, man. Oh, I appreciate that. I the Case clips, that. like, I go to Twitter, I look on Case Studies page, and I'm like, what? Like, because <laughs> your clips, like, a lot of times, like, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you go to Twitter and you click on news, mm. a lot of times, if you compare that to like the clips that Case has, a lot of times the Twitter news doesn't have what Case has. Mm. Yeah, Case, you do great work. I appreciate that. I, sometimes I, I feel like I got to get a couple things out, even if I have a busy day. Like um, lately, I put out a tweet that my kids are home, so I'm, it's going to be tougher for me to get some clips out. But I like to try to look for the ones that, because, you know, they have let's use the word the producers right the, they have those producers who give who are slanted towards establishment so a lot of the news that you see is going to be slanted towards them but i try to find the things that our people are going to like are, are going to use you know we, we might not like the clip but we could use the clip to uh, make an example of propaganda to make an example of um how the the elites are talking about a certain issue and that's why it is is really a synergistic um relationship i clip the um clips and then you sabby i know harlan's media you know uh kit that you guys break it down into very articulate a very great way to uh discuss the issues and then everybody else can kind of clip what you say and put it out there to spread to the masses to say hey this is how we should be thinking about this particular issue so it's, it's really a synergistic relationship I, I, I love it when you always give me the shout outs because some people you know I, I'll t I'm grateful because I have the um, watermark in the corner so people know it's me regardless but it's always that you going the special um, effort that extra step of even shouting me out helps because I can use that kind of clout to help with um, when I'm working on the mutual aid party, I've gotten so much help from so many different people that say, Hey, I've heard Sabi call, call your name out. And um, so I want to help you out with the mutual aid party. A BM, I, I got up somebody that's doing the marketing side. He's I, I meet with him and he, it wouldn't be for, if it wouldn't have happened if not for Sabi kit and um, those people that give me shout out. So once again, much Great. love to you. And I'm going to jump out because I know you got to run. Thank case. you, thank you, thank you so much, Case. You're awesome. Let's go to Diana, and I'll come to you, Roger. What's up, Diana? Just gotta um unmute. And Diana has a cat profile, so hopefully it lets Diana unmute. <clears throat> All right, Diana, I'm gonna invite you as a speaker, and I'm moving on to Levi. Levi, what's up? Just got to hit the unmute button there. And then we'll be good to go. Okay, there you go. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm well. I, I just, uh, I was on my way 
home from work. It was a late night because it's um, a teacher's orientation with the new students and uh, uh, parents. So a, I, I throw on uh, my YouTube and there you are. And, you, and I saw you got 50,000 and I thought, oh, I, I'll just see if that uh, call in uh, was you because you, know, you get the notification. So, and it was. So I was like, great, I'll just call in and say, well done and congratulations. And I'm glad I knew you when you only had a, a few people. <laughs> Thank you so much, Levi. I remember when I had like, I don't know how long everyone has been with me. Rodrigo's in the ch in the uh, uh, chat. Well, not in the chat or the I don't know what you call it. Oh, he's in the listener part. I think Rodrigo has been with me since I was below 10,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know how the numbers go. I just know it's it's been good. I'm I'm glad. Uh the RBN, you know, I remember the the Fred Hampton leftists and all of that turning to RBN. I remember yeah. watching everything kind of piecemeal. Right? Yeah, you're in my. I've I've brought you up in the, um, in Bree's rooms a bunch of times when she used to do the call in on the regular, and I've enjoyed listening to yours. Uh, your both your sort of call ins. I have to agree with um, everyone else that's applauding you for your ability to just put things i think it's like your your bullshit reader i guess you know like you're just like i don't know man or what do you think <laughs> you say something in the videos and uh it's usually i have to agree with the people that are saying earlier it just kind of chimes it's like a it's 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 not just about putting things in into pithy remarks or it's like the way that you say something, the way you call something out, or your little do 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 do. Something's going off. Something little spidey sense is going off, and uh, so like all the people that are saying uh, before, it's sort of it's really appreciated, right, to be able to be in sync with someone. Not always agree a hundred percent every time with every, anyone, but like uh, Noel this evening just got into the call to say, and and that that debate was going on between Noel and Dwayne, and it went on for a while, and you know I think they're both right it's like they're both correct in what they're saying neither, neither of them are incorrect and then I thought oh it's weird I, you know as I dwelled on it I thought there was like a third place probably someone said this already but you know my thought is that um the the problem with the uh the feeling of it being unfair it just reminds me of like the Hitler thing right like you put them into jail together for a little while all of the people that are following them that resentment grows like you did us an injustice uh and then it comes back and boomerangs on you um but i'm not sure it feels kind of like we're in a one-way ticket towards uh rightward swing on the whole anyway I'm not, I'm not sure but it feels that way so i'm not i'm not uh not got i'm happy about your growth of your channel i'm happy about the having places to talk about the problems and I hope that we, we get through them but Noel says this country is like based on you know uh, white supremacy structurally and that's not going anywhere and it seems like we're headed towards some kind of apotheosis of all of this uh, I'll finish with just saying um, I, I don't know I didn't get to hear the video because I, as I said I just hit play and you were saying that you got to 50 and so I wanted to congratulate you but I didn't get to hear what you had to say about the song by the by the 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 red-headed guy from the virginia rich men of richmond or whatever 
Oliver, um, Oliver Anthony and Eric, I just saw your response to my email when I sent you the picture and you said you mean Anthony. I think I said Oliver North in the email. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard his song and I, I, I really liked it. I mean, I didn't like the line. I, I really liked his voice uh, and uh, I liked like just the feeling of giving voice to the resentment. But, um, you know, so I didn't like the one line about the chocolate. <laughs> the the stuff to do you know being five foot three and three hundred pounds but i get it i mean but I, I, I but on the whole i felt it was a very it, it's funny i saw the way it was suddenly becoming like a immediately fell into the left right spectrum of stuff but um you know and so it's going to get spat out for most people through that i guess that reading but I, as a song in terms of the emotional impact immediately i was like I, I felt it and i felt like the veins popping out on the top of his head and the frustration and stuff and it, and it spoke to me in that way so i'm not surprised that it's uh it went went big but i wondered what you thought i, I haven't heard that yet and yeah and do you what about this idea of um and, uh noel being correct in their positions it's just like two sides of looking at it um but even whether it's right or wrong, it, it reminds me of the idea of like a you know those people that feel that they were done wrong in this instant instance will then come back all the stronger for it because it's like you took our champion, you you put them into jail when you haven't done this to all these other people and that kind of that's that's a very easy storyline to buy into and I I mean it's got truth on its side enough truth. Yeah, I think that um, I think I understand where both uh, Dwayne and Noel are coming from. I understand both. Um, in reference to Oliver Anthony and the song, yeah, same thing. I said I don't agree with some of the things in the song that he said, but I'll be honest with you. There's when I've listened to other songs that are not political at all, where I don't agree with everything that's said in the song. And I'll give you guys an example. Like, I love rap music. Love, love, love rap music. Yeah, I don't particularly like the vulgar language over and over again. So it's like, I love DMX. Like I seriously, like when I go to the gym, I have a workout playlist. DMX is on the playlist. Ice Cube is on the playlist. You can do it, put your back into it. That really helps me when I'm trying <laughs> to do squats. Like yeah. I, I, I love, love rap music. But there, there are certain times in those songs where there are certain things that are said, like, I don't like the N-word. And I told you guys this before. I never like that word. I don't like that word. I don't like when people say that. I don't care if it's uh, with an A at the end or with an E-R at the end. I don't like it. I don't like, you know, there are like a lot of like vulgar, like F this, F that, you know, like screw this, screw that. I don't like that over and over and over. And you guys will notice, like, sometimes, like, I cuss, like, during my show. But if you notice, it's not often. So I think that, like, but that being said, I can put those things aside and still appreciate other parts of the song. And so that's the same thing. When I listened to Oliver Anthony's song, I didn't like the part about the welfare and the 300 pounds thing, but I appreciate the other parts of it. Now, I will say, again, this guy is going to talk to Midwestern Mark. So... The fact that he's going to talk to them, I think that's a, a really big, a really big plus in my book. And um, he's willing to sit down and talk, talk with a group of Marxists. For, you guys don't know, like, 
Midwestern Marks, like JB is um, really close with them. They teach like Marxism classes. So like JB goes to their classes. Like I can't do it because I have other things during that time when they have the class. But if I'm able to do it one day, I would love to do it. Because like my whole thing is, it's just like, we have to constantly learn. We have to constantly be evolving. Like we can't just sit into a bubble. Like we have to expand our mind. If you look back on what the Black Panthers did, they didn't just say, okay, we're going to do mutual aid. We're going to help people in the community with free breakfast and all that kind of stuff. And then just sit on their hands. They were reading. They were learning. They were reading theory. They were expanding yeah. their mind. So you have you have to do both. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to participate in the, the activities and I'm not going to participate in the actual education both yeah, to go yeah 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 i agree i agree it's, i i have the other problem I, you know it's difficult i guess i always think well oh, i'm teaching so that's my thing but yeah i need to get out and do more um more more real stuff and less reading uh but yeah i agree i, I often see people that do go too far the other way so it's that that dialectic in our lives for sure um i'll i'll get out of the way because i just got home it's late and i'm putting out the but i was so i was so uh wanted to just to congratulate you on 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 this and yeah i'll be here for you know i'm listening in and awesome I look forward to catching up the with the play from earlier whatever you've been talking about catching the video and um hopefully i won't miss the next uh, live thing the thank, next you, live. thank uh -huh. you so much levi thank you levi i just want to ask is 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 your cat in church praising the lord <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you know i always say i always say she to me she looks like she's um should have the rocky music little boxer um but yeah i why not she should be praising <laughs> the lord too praise the lord hallelujah and uh yeah allah as well you send it to a black church? <laughs> I guess you'd be going to the mosque. I'm at I'm at uh, Islamic school, so so if I'm 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 think I've been I think about that a lot actually. The Trinity <laughs> and and the, the the division between like the one God versus the Trinity, and I don't see what the big beef is really. But I, I don't just get into it with my my friends at work, my colleagues. But um, you know, Jesus is a good prophet or a good either way works for me. But um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I was just I was just wondering. Rocky Rocky and, and Jesus. Yeah, why not? Okay. All right, base. Thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna bring in Bryce, Andrew, and then I'm gonna go to Noel and then Roger, and we're gonna wrap. Uh Bryce, what's up? Just gotta unmute. Hey Savvy. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, okay, uh uh I'm I'm I want to talk about like uh the that um uh the 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 um the thing that you guys like did with uh with you and JB like um as far as Corey Holcomb and shit like that I know like I I've been like vocal about like Corey Holcomb as far as like uh his position of like uh what's going on and shit like that I know he's you know deeply you know he's deeply religious and he has been like uh I, I don't know if like he's really anti-gay you know like anti-trans and shit like that but he's also he's been like you know um 
you know, vocal about like those things and shit like that. But he's always he's always been for the people. Uh, I'm glad you know that that you and JB covered you know what he had to say about like you know what's going on with the people and shit like that because he's always been like uh, consistent with that you know and I you know uh, I just want to like uh, extend my appreciation for that. Thanks. As so far as like what happened, as far as like what happened with like Noel and Dwayne. Uh, I I was a little bit disappointed because like uh I just you know uh Dwayne and uh, Noel like uh said correct things and they both did say incorrect things and I you know I I know like with Noel like it it comes from like uh it comes from like you know uh, the blackness you know and I think that's the one thing that um that uh i don't think like Dwayne like really understands you know and uh i've you know said in you know in the in the chat shit like that like uh like this uh, i know like he was like rfk stand and shit like that you know before and shit like that i i don't forget like a, a lot of things that you know people have like said in the chats or in in dialogue so i just you know like oh you know uh, you know for Dwayne like um It's like Trump. I guess he's gonna attack, but like we can't forget, like uh, you know, Soleimani died under him. Uh, 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 the the Washington Post like a uh, reporter like died under him. Um, like there's a bunch of things like that that are atrocious and shit like that. And then at the same time, like he was supposed to drain the swamp. You know, he allowed, like, uh, Bolton and, like, you know, other individuals that were war mongers, you know, sent back into, like, you know, uh, into the political party and shit like that. So, like, uh, I think that, you know, like, we, we got to, like, uh, you know, see, like, what happened, you know, before, we, like, uh, we make, like, uh, some of these arguments and shit like that. So, and and Joe Biden is no better and shit like that. So, so I mean, that's, that's those are my thoughts about that. I'm trying to think like what else I was gonna say. Sorry, sorry, I've been drinking. <laughs> it's okay. Um <laughs> Okay, that's that's very, very good points there, Bryce. Um Roger, I wanna um oh, oh no, sorry, not Roger. I just wanna make sure I said I was gonna go to Noel, then Roger. Okay. Um I'm just making sure I got everybody. I'm sorry. Um, okay, Noel um, or Dwayne, do you want to respond to Bryce? Or Well, yeah, I would love to because uh, I was raised by my black mom <laughs> who gave birth to me. <laughs> so I, you know, I may look white. I know that I'm very light skinned, but I uh, always identify as black. And, uh, you know, my, my, my position is only, oh, uh, my position on the whole Trump thing is just because I know that first of all there are a whole bunch of people who are getting very resentful over this i do see it as a completely blatantly political prosecution even though i hate trump i grew up in new york city okay so i've i've been around that guy for a long long time <laughs> i never liked him i saw what he did with the central park five how he came out with the full page ad talking about how we should like uh kill them literally lynch them he's he's a, he's a he's a racist i can't stand anybody who's a he's not only he's a racist he's a misogynist he's a he's corrupt i, I 
just he's everything I despise. I can't stand him. But I see the whole prosecution through the lens of um, I know that, that 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 the establishment doesn't like this guy. Now I, I don't know, you know. I know I know that there's a couple of different reasons why they don't. But the the point is that the whole prosecution is is political, um, and I know that if we're going to uh, support a prosecution of anyone, even if we don't like them, that's blatantly political, that will always backfire because we're their main enemy, the establishment, the left, anybody who's progressive. And if you look back at the history, I mean, we can go back to the Palmer raids with the FBI. They target anybody who they think is progressive and threatens the establishment all through yeah. COINTELPRO to everything. So the American Indian movement, AIM, I, the environmentalist I, movement, Judy Barry, they always I go after us. So we cannot advocate blatantly political prosecution of Dwayne, anyone because it will backfire on us. Dwayne, can I stop you for a minute? Uh, like when has ever like, uh, when has uh, Trump's policies like, when has what? been like progressive? Has when has like uh, Trump's policies? Uh, Trump is not progressive. progressive. That's not the point, okay. though. Glenn Beck isn't a progressive either. But I would have, I was against censoring Glenn Beck because I know they they, they 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 try to they try to make inroads and they try to get people to advocate against their own best interests, and so they can come back later on and say, "Well, you didn't object when I did it to so and so, so why are you going to object now? This is policy. It's a threat. Blah blah blah. This is what they do." So if they can, they're picking suckers out of us because we are advocating against our own rights. And, you know, civil rights people have always said for, for, for decades in this country, white people, listen, you may think that it's just going to be us. But when you we are we all live in one country together. If you advocate for the erosion of our civil rights, the, the chickens will always come home to roost. That sets a precedent where they you next and that has always been the case look at the cops the cops on black people murder black people in the street and then some guy in the, in the midwest uh, some guy well, well i understand why the cops thought that they could come and beat me down well it's because you're a fool and you didn't care when it was just black people like eric garner who by the way got murdered right around the corner from where i grew up Okay, where my mom's house in, in Staten Island murdered right around the corner. I used to walk down that street all the time. These people don't understand that if you advocate the erosion of the rights uh, of one group of people in your society first, they can't, was it, uh, 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 I forget the guy's name. Um, Tom Harmon likes to talk about him, Reverend uh, Mueller or whatever. First they came for the socialists. I wasn't a socialist, so I didn't say anything. This is the way it works. They will always. So if we start advocating for a blatantly political prosecution, because that's what this is, you think they're not, not going to pull out the same cards when they want when the establishment wants to come after a guy like Cornell West? They're already doing that with West, with the IRS, the same way they targeted Taibbi. So this is what they do. If What's we up? if we don't What's if up? we don't if we don't if we're not consistent and we don't say look you either prosecute a Hillary Clinton and a Joe Biden for their long career of corruption and the W Bush for war crimes or you let them all off because you don't just target a guy because you don't like him just because he is anti your 
you know, the establishment policy on, on safe free trade or the uh, imperialism in, uh, in, in, in Ukraine. You don't just, you just, because we all know that this is a blatant, I don't look, I want to make it absolutely clear. I cannot stand Donald Trump. He makes me sick. I couldn't watch him on TV. I'm the same way right now with Joe Biden. Can I, I turn I, that channel when I see them on the. Can I cannot I, stand him. Can I interrupt? This is, this is I have good news for you. He's getting. Uh, can I interrupt? If anything, like uh, you know, like uh, if we, if if the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are going to do the same thing, it's like that. Okay, you know, between you and Noel, like you know, what's the argument? Like we we expect the same thing, you know, from both parties, right? Noel, I understand, I, I was, and I respect her opinion, just like I, I love Noel. I mean, every, every, come on, everybody here loves Noel. Uh, everything she says, she's she's brilliant. Um, but I think that the whole thing is, uh, I hate this. I hate him. I'm about to use the profanity. I I, I cannot stand him. I, he makes me sick. He makes my skin crawl. That's not the point, though. My point is that I know that the establishment is targeting him because they don't like him, and they yeah, don't yeah, like him. He's still alive. Go ahead. He's still alive. When the establishment targets somebody, sometimes this. Let's let's uh, let's let let's uh, not over talk each other. So Bryce was saying something, and I couldn't hear what he was saying. So uh, Bryce, if you want to go ahead and finish what you were saying, oh uh, no. And then Andrew, I'm going to make you a speaker. No, uh, if anything, like, uh, we, we all agree with, like, the, you know, like, the Democratic Party and the, the Republican Party, or, or the, they're going to do the same thing, you know, to each other and stuff like that. You know, they're trying to indict, like, you know, Joe Biden, like, on charge, well, uh, Joe Biden and his son on charge is, like, you know, possibly after that, you know, after, like, uh, you know, Joe Biden, like, leaves office and shit like that, right? Um... And that's a possibility. I, I don't like. Uh, I don't know like uh, how that's gonna like you know play out and shit like that. But I mean, like we we can all be in an agreement. Like if it, it, this, you know, it starts off, you know, as Trump being indicted like on RICO charges and like uh, all the things that he's di- indicted on and shit like that. Like, does this like set set a pres- precedent? You know, for like you know things to happen like after. You know, like, uh, I'm just, like, looking at it in terms of that, you know, like, uh, and, you know, where where does it, like, you know, put us, you know, as citizens, you know, that have been, like, you know, very anti-establishment, you know, like, uh, you know, where does that, you know, you know, put us, you know, and I think if anything, like, I'm just, like, speaking from, you know, uh, the working class. I'm sorry the planes are flying over. It's like a Vegas. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, where does it put us as, as far as the working class? We, we cannot be put in the position where we're advocating uh, some sort of authoritarian, you know, <laughs> uh, blatantly political attack on anyone. Uh, okay. We have to be consistent because that will always backfire on us. That's all that I'm saying. Okay, Dwayne, like, how, how, how do we, like, I can, that, I can chime in and say something uh, just to um, contribute. Um yeah. So I was thinking um, if we sort of take well, so the whole Donald Trump thing, it doesn't really seem to be very important. It seems like 
something that the media is obsessed with right now that um, is like a big talking point. Um, although what I think might be more important would be to connect with Trump supporters, because I think that Trump supporters are much easier to connect with about things because he is sort of like the Bernie equivalent in that um, Bernie was this sort of like fake uh, progressive that was used to sort of like bring out progressives like ourselves. And then we were subsequently targeted um, and perhaps even operations may have been ran on us in a similar way to that the Trump supporters uh, have had operations ran on them in January 6th. For example, they were, uh, you know, targeted and uh, also in Michigan when they were targeted as supposedly like trying to kidnap the governor of Michigan and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, Trump is probably just like this. I mean, he, he's just like a fraud, right? But I mean, so was Bernie. And um, and it, it seems like a strategy that the establishment uses. Like a lot of times I think that they are, um, that we are so programmed that we don't even know it. Like, like even, um, even we are like pr- very aware of um, things and we're, we're careful about what we, what we trust. I still think that we have uh, like, so, uh, there's a level of programming that we're this difficult for us to, to deprogram in the sense that like, we still like watch sports. Like we still like listen to these sort of uh, music um, that, that was designed in order to make us think in a certain way that uh, emasculates us and makes us um, like divides us in, in sort of like these culture wars or um, like another question that I was I, like, I, I, I'm so I'm, I'm more focused on like trying to connect um the two groups like the uh, Trump supporters and sort of the Bernie uh, group, because I feel like there's a lot of um, opportunity there. And um, the, the, um, the other question that I was thinking about is like the, the way that I came over to, to RBN was from actually uh, force the vote, like through, uh, Jackson Hinkle, like Jackson Hinkle was promoting RBN, like pretty much every single show, like just a lot. And uh, I was, I felt it, it was like, it was painful for me to see that uh, like Jackson and RBN uh, break apart. And I thought that um, I, I was just, that was just sort of worrisome, worrisome to me because I think that like Nick and Jackson and, and RBN uh, could uh, really uh, like, can, you know, have a good, um, like our, our would be much stronger together than sort of like se- separate and sort of not being able to work together cohesively. Um, and sure. yeah. I don't, I don't remember us being together per se. Um, I mean, Jackson, has been on my show. He's been on shows RBN, but I don't, I don't necessarily remember us being like a united front. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, that's, that's sort of the, the point that I'm, I'm 
is is the anyhow the um yeah i'm i'm just sort of like thinking about the approach uh, of uh connecting the two and i've i've heard like recently i was listening to nick uh on rbn and he, he was saying oh yeah trump supporters are not revolutionaries like man like i don't know who you talk to like I, like all the trump supporters that i've i've talked to you know um i talk to people uh just random people a lot walking around and um i find that this trump supporters Andrew, are this yeah. is a this is I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt i just have to say because this is a big thing with me i can't stand the way i hear and this is my problem with jackson and with pasta and sometimes with jimmy and kurt the way that they denigrate the whole term uh woke the whole thing now i know the democrats like to take that and use identity politics to kind of manipulate their base so they're they're, they're like a pseudo woke and they they try the virtue signal using identity politics but that doesn't mean you take the term and you just allow them to appropriate it and turn it into a pejorative which is exactly what they have done and i yeah. i think like rome went off one time well, about, i think this is well, another issue no this that, is not well, no, that, no over talking please no over talking let Dwayne finish and then we'll go back to andrew thank, thank you sabby i think rome rome went off one time because like no don't let them have that word that word woke is a good word and i agree with rome 100 percent. don't let them have that when you because because you know you're talking about coalition forming andrew to get to my point you have to have a, a mutual respect on both sides here um or else you know you're gonna offend people and i think that like you know what really pissed me off one night was when kurt actually on jimmy Dore's show you know uh, talked about how white he criticized Cornell for saying white supremacy was a key, key issue for his campaign. I'm like, wait a second. If you're not concerned with white supremacy, you're not even you cannot criticize. You're, you're undermining undermining your own argument with regard to imperialism because our foreign policy is fundamentally white supremacist. You're, you're you you have to have an approach where you're. Where you where you take white supremacy seriously as an issue, and this is my this is my problem, just because the Democrats are the boy who cried wolf, and they and they're using wokeism, or, or, or being um, uh, anti-racist as a way to manipulate their base doesn't mean it's not a relevant issue. Okay, and that's what Jackson Hinkle falls prey to, and that's what uh, you know Jimmy sometimes. And Kurt, I, look, we on the left need to get ourselves together. Uh, as far as forming coalitions with other people, there has to, be, has to be mutual respect. If you look at what the Black Panthers did, and Jimmy likes to talk about the Black Panthers, about Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton said, no, you have to renounce racism first. Then we will form coalition with you. Now, just because the Democrats manipulate their base based on identity politics, doesn't mean white supremacy and wokeism is is irrelevant. I'm sorry, it's very relevant. It, like I said, under my under 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 
undergirds and under and defines our foreign policy, which is imperialist toward brown people. We always bombing black people, always everywhere all around the world, black people, Arabs, Asian people. That's who we bombing for for profit and people like turn a blind eye because they don't care until it's ukraine and oh no we have to just you know those are white people those are white blonde people we got to protect them from the evil russians and then you see a lot of those racist uh ideas about who the russians are coming up because oh no they're not really white they're like kind of asian so so no we need to confront white supremacy it's a fundamental issue and that's my problem with people like you're talking about Oh, yes. If we form coalition with people like Jackson Hinkle, yes, it's that's great. I, mean, I love Jackson Hinkle's this, take on Russia. It's all being very consistent, though. I love Jackson Hinkle. Okay. His take on Russia is very good. I don't like his trans race, you know, his hatred toward trans. He's doing a weird thing about trans people. I don't understand that. But look, we want to be able to form coalitions with Trump people. We want to be able to form coalitions among people who are, you know, supposedly left, left oriented. But if they're going to do things like that, no, it has to be based upon mutual respect. That's my point. And, and denigrating the term woke, I'm sorry, that is an insult. All right. That was, I just uh, wanted to like, just make a quick point. Uh, that you raised about the word woke. And I'm happy that you raised it because um, I've noticed that uh, the RBN uh, network, I mean, I I love the RBN network, obviously. I uh, watch it a lot. I love it. Um, That's why I watch it. Um, But I'd like to issue like a constructive criticism that um, like this focus on words and like sort of claiming words or claiming this is like um this is like our word or this is our our thing um i i think that that can be a little bit of like it, it it's destructive and and um maybe be it, so like if um like like woke can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people so in buddhism being awake is like being enlightened being woke being awake is enlightenment and so like i think that sort of getting like so attached to this this thing um and in uh especially with with words because yeah like i said words like saying left or saying right like it it could it could mean a hundred million different things like to people who are trump supporters uh somebody who's the left could be barack obama right but for people who are bernie sanders supporters somebody who's left would be like jimmy Dore or nick um and so the the words okay i'm going to try to cut this short I feel like that the RBN approaches words like woke and sort of trying to say like, this is our definition. And whenever somebody uses it, um, it's a reflection on this, this, like our word, our thing. Um, and, and yeah, that was, I think that was the gist of what I was trying to say. I have a quick question. What do you mean by RBN? Who are you referring to? Because there's five people in RBN 
And me and JB for the Sabby and JB show, we don't talk about, I don't remember us ever having that conversation on Sabby and JB show. We usually more talk about pop culture and I don't remember having that conversation on the Sabby show on RBN. So who are you referring to? Oh, well, what Dwayne was just saying was that, um, like he gets upset when people use the word woke and, um, like I've heard people on RBN, um, talk about the word woke and how, uh, like Joe Rogan, I mean, it's Dwayne just, just referenced that. I'm pretty sure Dwayne is a, a fan of RBN. No, and no, no. But, but what I, what I'm trying to figure out here is you said you heard this on RBN. I've heard which a number of people. You, I've heard Rome talk about it. Well, I've heard CJ talk about it. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Okay, well, there is no a lot of people. There's only five of us. Well, Dwayne just talked about it. So, I mean, Dwayne is like, not a part of RBN, and Dwayne has never been on RBN. Okay, so but think, what I'm saying is, like, he's within the RBN community. Um, but anyhow, I would say, like, right now, I'm pretty much getting close to being done with RBN because of, like, this type of behavior and what sort of, like, just being behavior, factual, like, factionalizing. Andrew, what like, type of behavior? Just if I like, if I ask you like a this question, type of behavior, just like trying to factionalize. Um, no, Andrew, Andrew, I asked you a question in reference to who you were referring to because there's multiple members of RBN, and I knew that me and JB were not a part of that conversation. So I was asking who you were referring to. Now, if you get offended and you get defensive because I'm asking you who you're referring to, that seems more like a you problem. Not an RBN problem. Oh well, I'm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've watched a lot of RBN. It's pretty much the only show that I watch. Um, and I've seen this topic brought up a number of times. And yeah, I've also actually I watched Jimmy. That's the other show that I watch. I've heard uh, Kurt talk about it, just the same as Dwayne. And yeah, so I'm. I don't Do you understand watch our individual? I'm surprised that you haven't heard RBN talking about woke. Do you watch our, I didn't say I didn't. I said there's five members and I said me and JB don't talk about that on the JB and Sabby show. And I don't talk about that on the Sabby show. And I know JB don't really talk about that on his show. And the other question that I have is, have you watched any of the RBN members' individual channels? Or are you only watching RBN? See, this. the reason why I'm asking these questions is because we're five people, but we're all individuals. We're a network, but we're individuals. We feel differently about different things. For example, if you talk to us about electoral politics, Rome will tell you, don't vote, don't waste your time voting at all. That's Rome's opinion. If you came to me, I would tell you, don't support the two-party system, but you should support third-party and independent candidates and also participate in ballot initiatives. We all have different opinions. We're five people on one network, but we don't agree on everything. We have different variations. So I think when you come in and you say RBN, I think you need to be specific when you're pointing out certain words, especially when you're talking about the term woke. And by the way, See, that, if you want to talk about that's, woke, that's, by the that's way, one of the funny things is that like, what I wasn't I, finished. What I, just... I wasn't finished, Andrew. I said no cutting off. 
Oh, well, you're talking to me just the same way I'm talking to you right now. But Andrew, I wasn't finished. I wasn't finished. Let me finish what I'm saying. If you want to talk about woke, it was actually on the Jimmy Dore show when Aaron Mate was hosting and they were talking about woke. And Aaron Mate said, by the way, the word woke originally came from the African-American community. So my question is, did you have a problem when it was said then? Or do you only have a problem with it when it's said on RBN? That wasn't my point. My point was that I think that it's like factionalizes um, just the, making a big deal about this word, like taking, like, for instance, like a lot of the African-American culture was designed in order to emasculate African-Americans and the greater society. And I mean, if you look at rap music, for instance, that was obviously created in order to emasculate African-Americans. And I think that making a, making a big deal, I mean, I mean and, and I mean, making a big deal about a word like woke, um, I think that that um, is another sort of thing. It's like, okay, um, different from, you know, rap music. Rap music was obviously contrived by, like, the music industry, which was controlled by the mafia and all this type of stuff. And I'm sure that no, you guys know you're all wrong. No, you're you're not even from New York, are you? <laughs> you're not even from New York, bro. Ch- chill, k- kill that. It's always funny to me when people who are not black try to tell black people about are you their even own from culture. New York, dude? That shit is hilarious. hilarious. Andrew, Andrew, are well, you from New York? That's a great example of himself, though. Andrew, are you from New York? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm. No, okay. So, so kill that. The, the, all this obviously contrived. You were not I mean, there I, when it was created. Okay, you were okay, not so there. It people was, get it was, elevated. Okay, companies so had nothing to do with okay, it. I'm going to tell you that you're wrong, and it's obvious to anyone that like somebody like <sighs> who, who sings about drugs and alcohol and all this like fighting and all this stupid stuff. Like they're doing that it on was purpose. a rap, like, Andrew. Andrew, you don't know what you're talking about. That actually was not how hip-hop started. Hip-hop did not start talking about drugs or alcohol or any of that shit. Exactly. Let me finish, Andrew. Hip-hop started with the fucking DJ, and it started in the Bronx, and it was created by black people. It seems like, to me, you seem to have a problem with words and phrases and culture that is used to identify African-Americans. No, I don't. I actually get along great with Africans. But I get along great with, with a bunch of Africans. Africans. He said yeah. Africans. He yeah. said Africans. Oh Andrew. But, uh, Andrew. I think you know that. You, you, you the know what, album? Andrew? Andrew, yeah. you really well, out of your place, bud. You really out of your well, place right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, I you have that. no room. You have no room to sit up here and try to tell you got one, two, three, four black people on well, the so fucking this, speaker you're panel, and you're going to try to tell us what it's like to be of, black? You're making my points for me. No, I'm not making your yes, points you for are, you, Andrew. You don't know what me. you're talking about. I'm no, getting I, 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 I angry, exact angry because I'm getting angry you same because you're an ass. If you have a problem with if you have a problem with if you have a problem with being because they are saying things about the black community that you don't want to hear and it makes you feel uncomfortable, that's a you problem, Andrew. 
and you need to check yourself and you need to check your privilege. You go back to the people that you continued watching that made you feel comfortable about your whiteness and you stay there, Andrew. How about you go ahead and do that shit? Hey, Andrew, the moment like that me in the ring. <laughs> the moment that I, I the moment real, that so, oh, the moment that you said RBN is the only thing I watch, I knew that was bullshit. <laughs> I don't watch anything else but RBN. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Pat had a point there. RBN's it's it's a good news show. It's a good news show. I mean, on its own, even if you don't agree with everything. I knew that motherfucker was. I knew Andrew. I knew you was tripping when you came in saying, "I don't like the fact that RBN doesn't hang out with." And he go, first of all, we have never. None of us. We none of us have ever met. First of all, we've never met Jackson. He. It's not like we we know each other like that. We don't. Two, anybody who comes to us and tell us that we need to suppress our race to make everybody else feel better you are not a fucking ally and if you can't be an ally we're not looking for when people say oh we got to unite and da, 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 stuff like that it's okay to have unity but if you're not standing for solidarity fucker, you are not an ally and you are not a part of my group you don't respect me we're not going to be able to unite on anything exactly miss me with the bullshit <clears throat> so you you can go andrew you can go ahead and and, and, and skadoot skadoodle or whatever it is you need to do you just sound pissed because people ain't friends with someone that you like miss me with the bullshit we'll go to bindu and then noel and then i gotta go yeah like, I, I was listening in and when i heard that i just thought that was kind of crazy because just on multiple fronts like like bro it's not on us to fucking like i used to watch jackson's show a lot as well until he started saying goofy shit. Like, this nigga talking about, like, I remember, um, whether he, it was like, uh, Pierce Brosnan show or some shit. He's talking about, like, oh, well, you know, if black people want, uh, 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 you know, to get justice for slavery, they need to go back to Africa and talk to the Africans or so. He said some goofy shit like that on the news. I'm like, oh, okay, I see what type of time you want, bro. And, like, cause it's like, just, just like certain shit, like, savvy, like you said, like, unity, unity is pointless. If you're not going to, you know, offer solidarity. And I think Nick said that on the stream previously. I recently did a stream, too, where I was talking about that in reference to the Oliver Anthony whole situation, because it's like, you know, and, and just to go on that real quick, like whenever black people like have been talking about these same things that homeboy was talking about in his song. You know, I think that's a perfect example of what Andrew was talking about. Whenever black people like we've been talking about this shit for decades, whether it's, you know, the healthcare services and how it treats black people within that the financial services, like people talk about China all the time and their so their social credit system. Like we literally have that here in America, <laughs> but people just pretend like it doesn't exist. But like all of these things that black people have been talking about forever. Now I'm supposed to care because it's happening to white people. Now I'm supposed to put all my issues aside that we've been talking about for decades and form unity with you guys and only talk about your issues. Like that's not, that's not unity. That's not solidarity. That's none of that. Let's correct the record on rap history. I think it was one of the rappers who blew the whistle on an Peter who actually enticed rappers to rap about crime and stuff like that as a way to uh, enforce the prison industrial complex. So that's not black culture. That's overtly white culture that created <laughs> that kind of toxic rap. You know, that, that's, that's white. Out, Brady, but I sent out the link. Sorry. 
Here's the thing. Um, the young man was obviously out of his depth, but we understand that all the time when you are coming from the very bottom of society, which is where the descendants of slaves in this country have existed, people immediately above us by race or by this or by that believe that their experience extends to you. And so we have a, a type of built-in disrespect for what your experience and reality has been. And they feel like they can come in and just tell you about how you have developed, what you have experienced, and how things have come along based on what their experience is. And that's just, that is the scope and depth of white supremacy in this nation. Like I've said, we've been raised on a mytho mythological lie about what this country means. But this country has built a frame around white supremacy since the beginning. And if anyone thinks there is going to be any coalescing between the urban poor led by the descendants of slaves and Trump supporters without a confrontation of race and justice, there is, you're, you're living in a whole different realm. You cannot build those bridges as Bindu said, based on what's happening to you when it's been happening to me my entire, you know, linear time in this nation. And now it only becomes an issue because those things are now facing you. And you can't see the race because you've never had to experience race. You know, white people have never been made to feel alienated because they were white. You've had women who felt alienated and marginalized because they were women. You've had Jews to feel it because they were Jews, blacks to feel it because they were blacks. But white people in this country have never been made to feel out of sorts in a, you know, broad way because they were white. So they don't understand it and very few take the time to wrap their mind around what it might mean to be framed as the bottom of the socioeconomic strata in this country. And so they come to it with a type of disrespect, but it's really rooted in a type of ignorance because he or she who has controlled the narrative, you know, has ruled the world. And so here we are in the 21st century overtly saying, oh, we're going to teach a curriculum that said the slaves got some benefit out of being slaves. That Ugh. type of thing furthers, oh God, furthers yeah, that terrible. type of ignorance and it furthers the misunderstanding. When you have people saying, oh, you weren't, you weren't a slave and I wasn't a slave, you're marginalizing and mitigating the whole fact that Everything that we're dealing with today is born out of those years that have preceded this moment. And that's just my take on that piece. But let Amen. me get back to this piece about Trump, because Dwayne has consistently said that this prosecution of Trump is purely, purely, which means like 100 percent political. And what I am suggesting is if you can look at Trump's behavior again before January 6th, during January 6th, after January 6th, 
with all the evidence that has been amassed and say he has done absolutely nothing wrong and there should be no consequences to any of his behaviors because if you begin to enforce those consequences, that is to suggest that he is being persecuted and it's purely political. I personally, and I don't think anybody else can look at the role he has played and the things he has said and done and say he's done nothing that appears to breach the law. Now, you can suggest that the motivation for prosecuting him may be politically motivated. And that's where I say the swamp is the swamp. When when he was um, impeached a second time and not convicted, that was political, too. When he was stacking the courts with these right wingers, that was political, too. So what I'm saying, there's always a political aspect to it. But to suggest that there should be no consequences to this man is a concession to white supremacy in the broadest, most fundamental way. Because what you're basically suggesting is these millions of people who believe that he is being persecuted are going to be outraged and this and that, and it's going to backfire without any acknowledgement of this is the way the game has been played. And I suggest that if that is true, that this whole thing unravels because he is being prosecuted and rightfully so, no matter how you perceive it, then I say we're already down the rabbit hole. I say that the empire is already on the edge of collapse because no one in their right mind is looking at that whole fact pattern from that time to now with all of the things have been said. And some of the things we don't even know have been said because like they say, Pence kept contemporaneous notes that now it appears that he's willing to be to make available. But the issue is, in this country, which touts itself as a nation of laws, at some point, we have to come to the place where we have to say, this is the law and you have breached it. And to argue that because in this juncture, none of the political elite get, you know, caught up in things if you do it as purely political, I say to you, we have not had in this country people just storming you know, the capital because they don't want to transfer a power because he's trying to hold on to power and this and that. Those were, you know, unique things in my lifetime. And there has to be consequence because let's not forget either that the majority of that mob was connected to Trump and there is a court of race that runs through it. So not only have people who participated been prosecuted and received jail time, they need to know that there is a consequence to his behavior as well. If not, then he is king. He is king if there is no consequence and no examination to what he has done. And that's all I'm saying. If you can look at that whole sequence and say, oh, absolutely, nothing should happen to him because nothing has happened to the rest, then the game is already lost and we're already in a cataclysmic place. And that was all I had to say. Sabrina, um, well, let well wait one. Bryce, let uh Roger go because Roger hasn't had a chance to speak. Go ahead, Roger. Um. Yeah, we have to stop this thing of. You're entitled to your rage. 
um, because he was just like, oh, see, you're proving me right because you're getting angry. Okay, so what is that supposed to mean? Black people not supposed to uh, be enraged? Um, did he, does he say the same thing? He said he watches Jimmy Dore, even though he said, oh, he is the, oh, RBN is the only thing he watches. Did he say the same thing about the white Irish man yelling at the camera all the time? No. You know what I mean? So, you know, like, he got to get over this, Not you know, they, they got to get over this thing. And like, we're not in we're not entitled to rage. That's bullshit. So that's, so that's, that's one. Um, now to you, Bindu, did you do your homework on a Philip Randolph? <laughs> Where you at, Bindu? I, I, not yet. I will get on that. I did not yet. I've been busy. Cancel. Cancel. Roger will stay on you, Bindu. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Cancel. He stays on me too. <laughs> <laughs> because if it, here's, here's the thing, Sabrina, because this is what I was saying, right? We got this whole thing going on in in the uh in the in the uh black intellectual community where people come from the Booker T. Washington School of Thought or the uh, W.E.B. Du Bois Bois School of Thought. One is, well, get get your business going. Don't worry about this. Get some trades. Keep your head down. Keep it moving. And the other one was I mean, I don't, I don't see how they said W.E.B. Du Bois was a, uh, was a socialist because he was for the talented 10th. That's, that, that doesn't sound pretty, that doesn't sound, maybe he's for social programs. I don't know how we got that label as socialist. But they never talk about A. Philip Randolph, who was from, and I think A. Philip Randolph represents the silent majority of Black people because he formed the largest, the first, the largest black workers union ever since he formed the, you know, uh, ever since he formed it in the sleeping car uh, Pullman Porters. Um, he was able to do that outside of, uh, outside of actually being a Pullman car porter. That's why they went to him because every time they tried to form a union, it kept getting infiltrated and knocked down or the person got fired or whatever the case is. So they needed somebody outside of that wasn't, you know, that wasn't uh, working for them or whatever the case is. But um, what, you know, in case like uh, Bindu, you know about the, of course, you know, like being rhetorical, you know about the March on Washington, okay? You really, everyone says, oh, well, that was uh, Dr. King that organized that. But then others who are more keen on it will be like, no, that was, that was Bayard Rustin. But actually, it was A. Philip Randolph, okay? Because what it was was that he was going to do a march on Washington. He was an original march on Washington person when he was going to march on um, FDR uh, because they wanted to, um, during World War II, they were, black people were being, um, what's that word, uh, discriminated against in the, in the weapons industry in, in terms of, you know, it was World War II. But, uh, you know, but they weren't getting jobs in the weapons manufacturing industry or whatever the case was. So he said, yo, if you don't if you don't integrate 
you know, whatever the case is, then we're going to march on Washington. So then FDR was less asked one of his work for him, like, oh, shit, can he do that? Can he can he bring all these Negroes to, to, to Washington? And he's like, yeah, he can. So then he like so FDR made like a bunch of concessions, whatever the case. Right. And then he called the march off. Now, the now the person who was pissed off about that was Bayard Rustin. He was just like, ah, man, you capitulate. You should have marched on him anyway. So Bayard Rustin, you know, was always getting on him about he would get these concessions from from the government and then he would just back off. So he he was always getting on him about that. So then when um, in the 60s, uh, when all this stuff was going on, he was the elder statesman. Okay, he was the one that brought all of these black leaders together because their egos wouldn't allow them to talk to each other because you couldn't get Dr. King to talk to Roy Wilkins of NAACP or this guy from 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 this from the Urban League or, um, you know, uh, this guy from, you know, all these different leaders or whatever. But when he said, no, you guys need to do this, he was the one that was able to bring all of them together and said, we have to march on Washington. He was the one that called for that. And he said, I want Bayard Rustin to, to, uh, to organize it. And it's just like, oh, but he's gay. I don't know about that. He said, can you do someone else? He said, no. He, the only reason why Bayard Rustin was able to organize that was because they all listened because uh, A. Philip Randolph insisted on it. And, it. and since he was the elder statesman, King and Roy Wilkins, all, all these guys said, okay, fine, fine. But um, he, A. Philip Randolph did speak at the, at the um, you know, there was speak, people that spoke before King on the March on Washington. We just see the part where King spoke. There was, there was a few people that spoke before him, and A. Philip Randolph was one of them. So I gave you a little cheat sheet. So, you know, you can look up the rest. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm going to do that, bro. What kills me is like the whole, what kills me is like the whole, like, oh, that attitude thing. See, that's why, da, da, da. That's never applied to the white commentators. It's only the black ones. You're, you're entitled you to your rage. That? We all are entitled to our rage. Don't don't even let that. that, we're, that we're, shit, we're here to celebrate. That to me. That shit's we're, we're, we're here to celebrate. Look what he was able to do. He was able to bring <laughs> Dwayne and Noel together at the end of the call. We all unified. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> people like that derail us and distract us from the actual progress that we're making and um speaking of the progress dr west is going to be on the so i mean you i mean if you think about it you guys kind of y'all kind of are our mlk our malcolm x that's you guys now like i i when i personally I mean, Dr. West is certainly one of them. Um, that's kind of you guys now. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what is y'all's march going to be? Like, you got the 50K now, you know, so what's the next step in the mission? What's the next goal? Like, what are you going to do with power now? And, uh, yeah, do you think that you guys can talk Dr. West? Or maybe you guys can manage to organize a debate between Dr. West and RFK. And the next time he shows up, maybe you can. So, Brady. Uh, Brady, <laughs> Nick, Nick scheduled that weeks ago. We were already on that on RBN, and Aaron Good, 
who is friends with RFK and RFK has already appeared on his show, um, arrange, you know, set out to arrange it. RFK, nothing, nothing. He don't want to. See, I told you guys how he was avoiding left audiences. Um, so RFK was not up for it. Cornell West said, absolutely. Absolutely, he'd be willing to do it. RFK, nowhere to be found. Explain that to me. Did you see his um his comments mm-hmm. of his his comments on qualified immunity recently? Huh? Who was that? Bindu? Comments on qualified immunity recently. He um did an interview with Fox, I believe, where they questioned him whether he was for ending qualified immunity. And apparently he flip-flopped on that again because he said, oh, that shouldn't be on my website because I'm not for ending qualified immunity. Yep. I covered that tonight. Or no. Uh, when was the last live stream? Today's Thursday. I covered that on Tuesday. Yeah, I did couldn't, cover that. I the one you that couldn't before. get uh, um, call in to bring up the, the episode 120. Yep. Yep, I, I discussed that. I talked about all that and then about his um, kudos to Cornell West on Twitter, which he recently made. And like now he's gone from I'm a old school Democrat liberal to <laughs> now he's announcing on Twitter to people that he's a populist. Like, I'm like, man, you all over the place, motherfucker. Savvy, I wanted to say something about him. I know what's on your website. If it's okay. I want to say something real quick about RFK's campaign. Sure. Um, yeah, I was supporting him, uh, you know, a long time ago, uh, back when he It wasn't that long. Well, whatever. (laughs) I have completely, it was the shmooly thing that did it for me. Forget it. I hate the guy now. I can't stand it. You can thank, you can thank us for that. You can thank me, Lucy, and the gang for that. You you know what? I also, I thank RFK Jr. (laughs) for illuminating exactly what a shill he is for APAC and these crazy Zionists who want to exterminate Palestinians. Thank you for showing me exactly how horrible you are so now I can, like, completely rule you out as anybody I would ever support in any way, shape, or form. But I wanted to say about RFK Jr.'s campaign, it's completely incompetent and inept. Look what he's doing. He's trying to cater to libertarians. Now, I know Pasta likes him, and I know Jimmy likes him a little too because of the whole vaccine thing, which I completely understand. I understand that the, the reason why, you know, Jimmy kind of probably went soft on him a little in that interview <laughs> and then tried to overcompensate with Marianne Williamson afterwards. It's because he agrees with him on that. I understand that. It's okay. Pasta's kind of leans libertarian. Also, it's the vax. I understand that. On my the thing about RFK, he's completely irrelevant at this point. The Democrats aren't going to let him run, and he doesn't. He's his campaign is completely incompetent. These people, they're trying to run to the right before the primary. No, that's not what you do. When you're running inside a primary contest, you cater to the most hardcore. Uh, people, constituents in the party. That means progressives, <laughs> dumbasses. Progressives. They're running away from, uh, from from us, from the left. What are they doing? They're dumbasses. I think, They're gonna. I think, I mean, look, they don't have the support of the party, 
and they don't have support of the progressives. What are they going to do? They're going to go just to away look, quickly. Just to let you, just to let you know, pasta got his pasta cooked. I uh, know. Pasta got his pasta burnt by Afeni. I, I was looking at the little tweets. Yo, he was going back. He and went forth after that. the wrong one. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor RFK. I feel bad for him. I, I'm wondering what Krusinich is you thinking. He's got to have more. Well, yeah, pasta. That's right. But but I'm wondering what RFK. I'm wondering what Krusinich is thinking because he's got to know that this is completely a wrong-headed approach. Of course he knows. He's scared to come on my show, too, because I told him oh. exactly what I... And I reached out to Dennis Kucinich before he was RFK Jr.'s campaign manager, so just FYI. And I, I, could, exactly I could tell you what, what happened. I wanted, what I wanted to talk about, about the Democratic Party, and he opened that email multiple times. That email <laughs> went out, because it'll resend after two weeks. That email went out three times. He opened it every time. No response. And I'm here to tell you right now, I really think that this Kucinich, even at that point in time, before RFK announced he was running, he knew he was going to be a part of a Democratic uh, a Democratic Party campaign. And that's why he didn't want to come on this show. And that's why you don't see RFK Jr. on this show. The thing that his, amazes uh, me, Savvy, the thing that amazes me is that you got Pasta and Jimmy, who are like partial to his campaign. Um. People who have been telling me for months, the Democratic Party's at that end. <laughs> you, you can't run through the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is a. The, <laughs> Shama Sawan said it. <laughs> it's a, it's a graveyard. And now they support RFK. Sabrina, Sabrina, I think. No, I know what it is. I figured oh. it out. Um, that's not Dennis Kucinich. That's a scroll. <laughs> it's a scroll. <laughs> that, that would explain everything. Damn. <laughs> I love it. Dennis, I for is, hiding. Oh, Dennis no. is locked away in a basement somewhere, just like uh, Don Cheadle's character, uh, Rhodes. It's like War Machine, yeah. And missed, <laughs> like and missed the entire Avengers movie because oh, he's being locked no. in a basement with those lasers going through his head. Well, that explains it. <laughs> I, I, I got a question for the whole RBN network. Um, I'm wondering if uh, you guys think y'all might be able to turn Dr. West on to the idea of a proxy debate and then line up an episode where he gets to debate RFK, maybe even Joe Biden, Donald, whoever, by proxy, just uh, debating videos of them. I think if y'all can get him to line up an episode like that, there's your next million followers and subscribers right there. Guaranteed. I know um, a lot of people really. You can't, uh, you can't ambush people. So again, like Dr. West agrees to, agree it, to but... it, but Dr. West is un, un, unambushable. Uh, or I guess what, we would be ambushing RFK Jr. In this case, RFK Jr. would be the one that's getting ambushed by the proxy debate. Um, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, you no, you can't do that. Yeah. I wanted to ask um, Sabrina. I wanted to ask Lance something because I see he's he's down there. Um, I wanted to ask uh, uh, Lance. How do you feel talking about the impeachment before and all that stuff? How did you feel about the way Cuomo left? I gotta go in like five. Okay. 
Lance? Oh, I don't know what happened there. Uh, Lance is not in the queue. Oh. oh. Before we wrap up, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yes. Something I've been thinking about recently is we need people to be so, like, put their cojones, put the just on the table, the stuff on the table, and, and run like that. And what I mean, let me be specific about what I mean. Whether you like RFK or not, whether you like Marianne Williamson or not, what this is what I'm talking about. What if they came out and said, okay, we're running in the Democratic Party, right? Okay. Uh, what's the name? Simone Sanders say, oh, we're not even having a debate. We're not even, there, there is no um, primary. Biden is the man, right? They could have both or one of them pull a Donald Trump. And that's what I'm talking about. Donald Trump does this, he does this all the time. That's why he was so successful. And they say, okay, you don't want to have a debate. You're forcing me now to run in the, as a third party. If you don't want me to run as a third party, have the debate. If you want me to run as a third party, okay, continue this path. Um, what, what do you guys think about that? I'm, and I'm talking about, they seem like they're RFK and Marianne seem to a certain extent. I, I think Marianne's getting a little bit more maybe aggressive or maybe, I don't know. But they're acting so calculated and stuff when you're not going to win. The, the DNC, the Democrats are not going to allow you to win. So you might as well just go balls to a wall and go everywhere you can and say, hey, I'm going to run third party if, they, if he doesn't debate. What you guys think? Marianne said that RBN doesn't matter because people don't listen to us anyway. Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, Marianne can kiss my black ass. That? <laughs> Amen. What, what did she say? What did she say? Like I said, these walls no start talking. Walls start talking after a while. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, spirit of what I'm saying, let's put RFK and um, Marianne Williams aside. Like, let's say somebody else, third party, um, uh, not third party, somebody else jumps in the Democratic Party race. Like, they need to have, if you're going to do that, and me personally, I'm supporting Cornell West personally, but if you're going to do that in a Democratic Party, it's like, you need to... Even uh, Bernie Sanders ran a little bit too cautious the first time with Hillary and then especially the second time with Biden, my friend Biden. You know, it's like people just dying for somebody to be aggressive. Anyway, that's my last piece on the way out. I think think you might be misunderstanding the idea of a proxy debate. And that would just be essentially just like posting some videos of Donald Trump, Joe Biden talking and allowing Dr. West to respond to them kind of like a debate format, but just in their absence and just make it a point to mention that the reason we're doing this is because they don't have the the fortitude to actually show up to a debate. So it's kind of like an open challenge to a debate at the same time while actually facilitating something close to it. Sabby, do you think we'll see a debate where Cornell West, um, we get to the general, and Cornell West, most likely Biden, if he stays there, or Gavin Newsom. And then there might be the, the um, no-labels person, Joe, let's say Joe Manchin, and then the Republican, let's say it's Trump. You think we will see ever see a, a debate like that? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm not even sure they're going to let Biden debate in the general. <laughs> or Trump. They, they might. 
Yeah. I know. Capable. I think you'd have to have a mass, huge mass of people in the streets to um, to get mm-hmm. Cornell into any of the debates. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to take. But but we see now you could have Cornell could be polling at twenty percent and they'll still say, "Oh no, we're not going to debate." They're doing that they, to Marianne and uh, RFK. They could do that too. Mm-hmm. Well, I say you got to do with You got to force the debate. We got to make it happen ourselves. Don't the, don't wait on the them to act. Way, right? We got. The only way I can see it happening is no labels legit by their um, by all the different uh, what you call access ballot initiatives, ballot access in all 50 states, which most likely they will because they have big money behind them. And let's say they get somebody at five percent polling, but Cornell is now polling at 10 percent, and then you know the other two, um, the duopoly is polling at whatever. Now, and, and you know, I think the establishment would be like pulling for a no labels to debate. So how in the world would you let a no labels person debate who has 5% while Cornell West has a maybe, let's say, 8% or 10%? Like, there's no way you can leave him out, even though, yes, there is a way they can leave him out, because look at Gar- Mike Ravel made the, the, the DNC debates, and they didn't let him in. Bloomberg did not make the DNC debates, and they let him in. So it's like they could do whatever they want to do, pretty much. But I'm making myself mad. That's true. Just talking about that's true. That's, that's true. a good point. I do have to head out, you guys. But um, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Thank Happy you. Yes, much love, Sabby Sabs. We love you. Good morning. Hip hop ho. Happy fifty, like hip hop. Peace out, all. Happy 50K. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks so much.